they're witches, but you know that's implied. Got the storytelling, ego swelling, pillow talking, moonlight walking, sea hags. Welcome to the Sea Hags podcast. I am Katie Nordgren. And I am Chris Jeppa. And with us today is the lovely, talented, charming, handsome, Singer, it's excessively tall. Uh, Dominique Frico, indie darling, Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Dom. Hi, guys. How's Thank you for having me. How's it going? Good. It's going good. It's going good. <laughs> I just had a. Uh, I, I was that was repeating what I thought you you would ask. Good, me. good. Uh, like interview etiquette. You must have done this before. I like to repeat the question back again. <laughs> yeah, I do like to repeat the question back again. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, it's I'm I'm doing I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I had to get up early today for a Sunday, but I had a nap, mm-hmm. and uh, now I'm here and I'm fresh as a daisy. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, it's uh, we are also Katie and I both not super fresh as daisies. No, fresh as, as something that is not something that has that not so fresh feeling. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> It's, but spring is in the air, so daisies we shall be. <laughs> we shall be cranky little daisies. Cranky daisies. Why are we so tired, Chris? Um, well, Katie, you took me out on a hot date last night. I sure did. <laughs> That's just how I do. <laughs> uh, Katie took me to the keg. It was very fancy. Yeah, I went to a steakhouse, did not order steak. No, we got uh, tuna. Tuna. Oh, Katie wore a blue much tuna. Vegetarian meals at the keg. I oh, yeah. love that. <laughs> Tuna. Just go there, ish. yeah. Just go there to like troll the keg. Mm, do you have anything that is this steak have? vegan? <laughs> Actually, no. Yeah, they, it's not. Katie wore a very stylish blazer. We both wore. I looked really good. Really I good uh, statement necklaces. Oh yeah. Yeah, we were really, it was our power, t- power dinner. You mentioned this before, statement necklaces. I, I don't know what, explain. Can you elaborate upon statement necklaces? It's Certainly. Go ahead. They are big old, chunky, loud pieces of jewelry, basically. Like a bib in necklace oh, okay. form, but okay. with BBs and spangly. So okay. normally you wear a simple outfit and then you have a statement necklace. Right, okay. You wouldn't wear patterns and a statement necklace. No, that's no, no, just that's ridiculous. just too... And I think some it's people disgusting. would have seizures and shit if they saw you, maybe. Potentially. Potentially. Yeah. I'm not a doctor. I can't. I, I was that. envisioning it's like one of those necklaces with like letters, like believe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it's a statement like <laughs> down I, with the man. Yeah, I I believe I, I believe in wage parity. Yeah, it's yeah, my yeah, statement yeah. necklace. I legitimately do have a statement necklace that says "feminist killjoy" on it. Yes, so it's that's right, a double. Yeah. That's two statements in one. That's a double. Yeah. This very shiny and purple, and then. Hey, oh, okay. watch out! I'm not fun at parties. Okay. <laughs> I was wondering. I was wondering. I was like, could you wear that with a loud dress? No. You can do whatever you want, ultimately. Uh, I do understand the concept that it's a free world, but I mean, like, you were saying (laughs) before, you were saying before about, like, a a busy dress. Could that statement necklace be paired with? Or is that, you said it's a double statement necklace. Mm. It's Mm. too much statement. Too much statement. Entirely too much statement. Yeah. Yeah. I think you wear wear that with your jeans and t-shirt and just try to look badass. Yeah. That's what I do. Women's fashion tips with Don Frico. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. What don't, what a necklace! Don't here. don't wear Uggs. <laughs> and very, another fashion statement, <laughs> Dominic Frico. It's a very end fashion don't, segment. Don't, <laughs> yes. don't wear them. I would say don't wear Uggs in Vancouver because they're like little sponges and they just absorb all the yeah. water. And actually, it's weird that yucky. you would bring that up because on the way over here, I stopped at the, at the Van City because I like to bank with a, uh, a credit union. You know, mm-hmm. very progressive in that way. Socially responsible yeah. with your finances. Fiscally responsible, socially so responsible. Proud. Thank you, <laughs> thank you so much. But there's a guy who just. It, like, cut me off as I was crossing the street, and he ran full tilt, and it was, like, a 70-year-old man 
wearing oh. very wet Ugg boots. They were just completely saturated. They were throwing off so much moisture. I was Ooh. like, think about it. It's not the day for shearling. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. They would smell so bad afterwards. Oh, they did. I could smell them. And they were horrid. Gross. So that's what happened to me today. So I think we're all checked in. Yeah. yeah my okay. my week has been really Oh awesome yeah, let's let's backtrack and um I just kind of I've been vibing high, I've been running hot, just like feeling yeah. very competent, oh, yeah. uh, lots of creative ideas, lots of good mm-hmm. energy. I've been writing a lot. Um and I got a really cool job that I'm excited about and cannot talk about cuz it's not public yet. Nice. Um which is very exciting for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get to do some cool shit with someone I admire very much and gonna be fucking tight yeah so <laughs> like i'm feeling good about it yeah you should any any other interesting things happen to you this week at all i guess oh, you geez. got some green time oh yeah <laughs> i was like wait are you talking about weed yeah <laughs> i was like you just get high for three days <laughs> yeah that's, it's easier if, well, you, if you know me you know me time. uh but no i was i was house sitting for my brother out in port moody so i was uh. like way in the boonies with these two little weird cats and it was the best it was just quiet for three days and i got to be alone it was so amazing yes nice anything exciting i haven't seen you in a long time it seems dom yeah no it's what's what's new what's exciting um (laughs) what is new and exciting i'm going into the studio this week to Mm. make my my um my next solo album Mm. so i'm quite excited about that i uh i've been i've kind of like recently started playing around with a couple different elements um, and it's like I have my Rhodes keyboard nice. and a loop station, Ooh. and and at first when I first started it was kind of like this like sort of like like Phil Collinsy Peter Gabriel kind of throwback kind of a Genesis yeah I'm not like Genesis in like the proggy like mathy kind of way but like just kind of just kind of like sort of but seri- get seriouser but seriously that kind of like 80s Phil Collins kind of simple no jacket said, required no you jacket said required but serious <laughs> but no isn't it but serious you could get serious I obviously studied the album really hard so I know oh, the yeah. sound <laughs> can't remember the, the album title but um anyways yeah like and I and I but but the problem is is that the the keyboard weighs like 150 pounds and I was talking to a buddy of mine because I was like, yeah, I'm working on this thing. And the album, like, my producer is completely decided. It's like, we're going, we're going down this way. It's nice. like, this is the sound. And I was talking to a buddy of mine. He's like, well, now you have to bring this to shows. Like, you can't just, like, bring a little dinky keyboard with, like, the appropriate sounds. Like, you have to bring your roads to shows. Good Lord. So it's like, every time I play a show, I, I, I like... Yeah, I have a workout, <laughs> and I've gotten—I've basically gotten a hand cart. Yeah. I've, I've used my like the knowledge and the skills from my wine delivery <laughs> days, and I roll my roads out and up the stairs, and I pull. And it's, it's, I'm usually sweaty by the time I'm loaded in to a venue. Why like, can't you just have a keyboard with a road sound on it? <sighs> just, you know, you Is it just shitty and ringing? So the same, man. You gotta like, well, yeah, and I don't, I also don't have a keyboard that, that sounds as good. Like, mm-hmm. I could get a Nord for like $4,000 or I could just get a hand cart for 100 bucks. <laughs> just get the hand cart. <laughs> and then just, you know, work my buys and my tries and my, my, my lats. Your lats and your, your, yeah. your traps. My traps. Your, a your good your trap worker. That's, yeah. that's what it's all about. This this one. That's like, <laughs> gotta, like shoulder, yeah, just this one. The shoulder this one. curl when you're going up This one right stops. now? Yeah. Uh, like fuck yeah, yeah, yeah fuck yeah, <laughs> fucking air. But yeah, I played a, I played a, I played a really great show last week for the Folk Fest. Nice. They did like a, I was opening for Amelia Current. Was that at the Fox Ooh, Cabaret? Fox Cabaret. Mm. It's my first time playing the Fox Cabaret. And I immediately, I realized I knew the, the the booker, and I was like, and I booked another show for August for the Folk Road Show. How was it for music? I've only ever seen comedy there. 
Um, it was great. It was a really it. cool venue. Yeah. It's like it's funky looking. Yeah. You know, they, there's like jizz ghosts everywhere because it <laughs> used to be a porno yeah. theater. So it's yeah. just like you just kind of walk in, you feel like that fun sort of sleazy. See, the first yeah. thing that popped into my head was haunted by, haunted by, haunted by, haunted by, haunted by jizz. <laughs> yeah. That's a Dumb Freak original. It is. It is. We've all been haunted by jizz, right? I mean, not all of us, but everyone here probably. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> not everyone. I can't speak for Universally. Them. You just pointed at the microphone. <laughs> Them. <laughs> all of our all of our that's, listeners could fit into this. That's where they are, up. right? They're inside there. Are we touching them with our whispers? Oh, in there. Oh God, I can't wait to listen to this. <laughs> are you just gonna repeat that on a loop for a while, Katie? <laughs> Maybe. Don't judge me. You need to record a little ASMR um, thing so that Katie can just. Sleep it. to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably crazy. Sorry. Are uh, you familiar with ASMR? No. We've mentioned it, I think, on the podcast before. I don't know if we've ever explained it. I was it. like, is that the name of your podcast? Or this is no. Sea Hags? It is the Sea Hags. Right. No, ASMR, I could not tell you what it actually stands for, but basically it is uh, using like visual triggers and auditory triggers to uh, make you feel like really tingly and sort of sleepy and stuff. So you like listen to uh-huh. it in binaural headphones right. and uh, someone whispers to you. Uh-huh. And it's like, so it's pretty creepy actually, but yeah. I just really love it. Like it's really awesome. So I'll listen to people whisper to me yeah, all the there's time. There's like a huge YouTube phenomenon with it where it's like people just giving hand massages on video and like narrating it. Or uh-huh. it's a very strange thing. Or like going thing. through like all of her makeup supplies or something and just being like, and here's a brush. And here's a little mascara. And they'll like brush the microphone, so it's like all. Mm-hmm. It's very strange. It's a really weird thing, but uh, yeah, you can get like millions of YouTube views doing it. So. Yeah, so wow. you you get off on that a little bit in a nice yeah. non-sexual way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's definitely not sexual, yeah. but I'm I'm sure for some people it is. Mm-hmm. I have like the opposite, where I get tingly like full body chills from certain sounds, but it's like really unpleasant. So whenever I oh. hear like I a have toothbrush. That too. So, like, brushing my teeth is a real challenge. <laughs> I have to run water to, like, not hear it. Or, like, scrubbing a brush on... Even just thinking about it, I'm like, skin is Ooh, crawling. Oh, like, it makes me want to, huh. like, just... No, I, I have, like, there's a lot of sounds I really hate as mm-hmm. well that make my skin crawl. Like, people who chew really loudly or, like, breathe very loudly is super annoying. But, uh... Uh, I'm mostly fine. <laughs> I'm mostly fine. It's just if I live with someone and I'm married to them, then anything that they do will annoy me <laughs> because it's just like constant. Oh, this is a call out. This Mal-wage. is a call out post. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. We're fine. The whispering thing has always like done it for me. I yeah. don't know what it is. Yeah, I remember being in like I remember like yeah grade three, two, three, four, and just like having somebody like help me at my desk. Whispering, if they're whispering, <laughs> if they're whispering close enough to me, I just remember being like, I didn't, I don't think I really understood it at the time, but I was probably getting a boner. Like I just remember, like, like just being like, oh, it's so like, like all the hairs that's on the back totally of my neck. That's totally what ASMR is. Like that like, is exactly what it is. Mm, that's so nice. I it's, didn't want them to go away. Like, yeah. it's like when you're a little kid, and uh, well, I don't know if boys do this because it's pretty socialized against it. But girls, like when you're sitting in an elementary school classroom or whatever, you're like listening to a story or whatever, you like touch each other's backs and hair and stuff, like right. play play with each other's hair when you're six, seven, eight years old, and it's right. like ooh shivers that mm-hmm. are really nice. Ooh. So that's ooh. So that's yeah, that's what it is. That's what it's about. It's pleasant. Mm-hmm. One of the like in a non-sexual way, it's just nice to get your hair touched, and I oh, I, yeah. I definitely pat pat. Yeah, pat. I definitely. <laughs> 
only I preface it with that because then the next thing I'm going to say is like my friend's kids, like I let them braid my hair a lot and it's really nice. They're just so cute. They're like, oh, braid your hair and then you get to braid their hair. And, and then, then you I'm touch like, it and they're like, oh, how are there like 18 pieces of wet candy in my head right now? Yeah, they're not good at it, but it's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I look horrible after they're done. <laughs> you mean they're not they're not good at like combing your hair or brushing your hair and or making braiding it? Look good? it yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, but like, but, but they're good at the like the sensory. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Don't just brush my hair; it felt really nice. We're <laughs> <laughs> having a sensual time in the Sea Hag Shack today. I'm just gonna whisper into Katie's. Oh no! Don't. <laughs> and and uh, cut me out there. <laughs> I don't know what's happening to me right now, but I think I'm getting a boner. <laughs> that's happening. Well, shall we get into it? Shall we get into the meat of this? Let's go. Let's, yeah, let's get yeah. to the serve the steak. Asking the hard-hitting questions. Oh, right. And, uh, no. How about just, uh, I was happy to see you because we've been friends for mm -hmm. a very long time, Dom, mm -hmm. and friends with Katie as well, mm -hmm. all around a similar time. So the, the mm -hmm. majority of guests that we've had on this podcast so far have been like, hey, so we met in first year and we're all really good friends. Right. And nice. So you're a continuation of the series. Yeah. In that way. And you were, you were my first band. <laughs> that was a nice pause, pause before band. I was like, I what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sounds like I don't remember. <laughs> no, I do You're remember. That would have been yeah, and yeah. No, I I was I was laughing about that in the last couple of days. Just like the fact that like it's it, this was like you know you introduced me to Katie mm -hmm. and you were the person who shot Spark that screams our band when yeah. we were in first and second university maybe third even yeah that's back when I thought I'd be a photographer I, guess I haven't picked up a camera in like six years probably yeah. So yeah, you were an aspiring photographer. As was every chick ever. Yeah. <laughs> I was right. like, oh no, now everybody has a digital SLR. I quit. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was my history with uh, with band photography. Yeah, I found some of those because when you Google our band name, um, I found a photo that you had taken with us all looking sullen of on a park bench. You have to. And I remember we were like so cool. We we're like everyone looking different directions right. but not directly at the camera right. like that's a thing totally. that you still do total parody of like an indie band photo shoot yeah. like that's but really but we were we were taking ourselves pretty seriously I thought oh very much so um and I was like sitting down and I looked at like my shoes I was wearing fucking Chaco sandals oh you were <laughs> you absolutely were and uh yeah just I can imagine I can remember dorky. the exact shirt that you were wearing you had like I a button up too. you had like a blue button up bowling that. shirt with like flowers shirt. and stripes I don't know if I'd call it a bowling shirt it was a bowling shirt it was more like uh no 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 no, 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 no. It, no, was, no, no, no. it was closer to like like a Hawaiian shirt. Sure, a Hawaiian. But with like shirt. with embroidery. With embroidery. That said, my name shirt. is Dom, and I love bowling. No, it <laughs> it's not. the best. It wasn't a bowl. I would have worn a bowling shirt, but that don't don't diss that shirt like that. I have great <laughs> memories of that shirt. I don't know where she went. <laughs> she did the she. shirt have a name? Mary Beth. Can we talk to the shirt? Mary, Mary Beth was her name. <laughs> is, the, is the shirt with us today in memory? <laughs> Inside the actor's studio. Yeah, can we speak? If you if you light seven candles and repeat after me. I've got a lot. <laughs> we almost certainly have seven candles. There's lots of candles. There's a lot of crystals. Say it. A crystal. <laughs> crystals. Yeah, I guess seance to my shirt would be amazing. There are, there's also a recurved bow and a quiver mm -hmm. in here. Like, there is a, quite a melange. Mm -hmm. A melange. A melange. So, Spark That Screams. Yeah. That was yeah. the first band I ever followed around, I think. Wait. From the Railway Club no, to true. the Media Club. Yes. <laughs> and back again. Yeah. All, but like, four like, blocks. We were sort of like it was a we it was fun. We were good. They we were, were kind of a big really deal in like yeah. a in a really niche like UBC arts community. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we won Battle of the Bands. Oh yeah, right. CITR. We got to open for Sloan. That was exciting. Mm -hmm. And that whole other festival. Five hundred. They gave us five hundred bucks. I know. Oh my god. Amazing. Oh, right. Hundred dollars for all of you. 
or 125. Yeah. Was it four members or five members? Four members, yeah. Nice. Yeah. I think we had to play three shows to win. So, I mean, if you, if you break that up per show... That's, That's like, still like more money than you would normally be getting for music know, at that age. I know, right? Yeah, it was so pretty. Good. It set the bar pretty high for me to be like, now I, you know, I ask mm-hmm. for lots of money, and just like right off the bat, I've barely played shows for free. <laughs> right. That was know. good. Those are good times. Yeah. Very yeah. inspired times. That album was so good. Like, I, I, not even like good for being twenty-one or whatever. How however old you were at the time. Like, I had that. I had that CD. I paid money for it. Thank you. Paid money for a physical CD. It was in this like little cardboard envelope, basically. Mm -hmm. And I listened to it till it broke, like till it fell apart. Honest to God. And it like broke into little pieces on the floor of my disgusting Mazda. (laughs) We should probably say that you can listen to it online. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We'll link to it. Sparkthatscreams.bandcamp.com. Something like that. Yeah. We'll we'll stick it. We'll stick a link up there. I really enjoyed it. And one of the reasons that that band was so, had such a special place in my heart was because it was the first place that I learned how to collaborate with other musicians. Mm. And I think I, I mentioned this briefly, but like I am classically trained and like classical piano, and it was a real hindrance in terms of learning how to like improvise mm-hmm. or write music. You talked about it pretty extensively with Aaron, actually. Oh, the okay. we did with Aaron. So. Well, so this, yeah. was the, this was the genesis of it, was mm-hmm. like doing a jam with you guys and writing out my parts on, like, staff right. paper and you just being like, could you loosen up a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> and then you guys taught me about weed. and <laughs> Was I part of that? You hooked me up behind the whatever, that weird cafe restaurant thing that was, like, in Kits where they had the blue martinis. What was that place called? Oh, it's now Nuba. It's but Sophie's Cosmic Cafe. No, now. I don't know. It's n- now it's Nuba? What the yeah. hell is Nuba again? Nuba. Lebanese. Food. Oh. It's really good. It was like a uh, Broadway and Balaclava-ish. Yeah. But and they wouldn't ID people, so I was like 17. And oh, is that where you went to get your wine with for your vampire party? No. Oh, that was a different place. It was a different place you could go be served underage. There were lots of places that I could go and be served underage. When I went to university, I was only 17. Mm-hmm. So I had two years of like university mm-hmm. underage drinking oh man yeah yeah i went on exchange before university so by the time i got there it was like i had a month to wait and boom i had my, I had my 19 year ticket card. yeah <laughs> yeah but uh yeah i don't know it's that funny was, uh... it's funny thinking about like like that that you remember when you were too tense and like rigid and i like i don't like i just think of you as like Free flow and improvising, Chris. Like mm-hmm. it's so weird to be like. Oh, I guess you did start all of it like that. But I really, what I really loved about the, about that band is that we started as like this folk acoustic trio. Yeah, so we were playing like Jack Johnson covers yeah. and yeah. like. Yeah, but Josh would like bring out the bongos. That's true. Oh God, I forgot like, about that. And then, oh how then obnoxious! Got, <laughs> and then we got Gavin Dew. You know, and uh, he he brought like local all politician of Gavin Dew, local, local, local politician Gavin Dew, and uh, he local brought oil out... and gas man Gavin Dew. <laughs> Sorry, we've diverged significantly. <laughs> We're gonna be sued. Oh no, um, it's fine, Gavin. We love you, but your political leanings have taken a very divergent <laughs> take from mine. And uh, yeah, it was... so let's fight. Yeah, let's, let's fight about it. Let's um, just be kind you to have each him other. On the podcast. I would actually totally do that. That'd be, that'd be a really interesting. Maybe. <laughs> I'm like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> it could be interesting. What scares you is good for you. Oh, yeah, really? Our comfort zone. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, but anyways, yeah. But he like, was like he a badass electronic. He was a metal drummer, right? And He's but a then really good drummer. Really, yeah. really good drummer, and like had these amazing like sensibilities of like timing. 
you know, like time signature, like mm. polyrhythmic shit. Like it was really cool. And then he had the drum kit. I think we jammed a few times with the drums. And then he was like, I also have all this electronic stuff that I'm programming. And it was so much easier to go to a gig to, like you were saying with the Rhodes keyboard versus like whatever. Right. He didn't have to like bring a whole drum kit. He could just like bring the little electronics. And yeah, he programmed some sweet stuff, played things like backwards, right. <laughs> put in lots of cool beats. There's lots of science. So like, yeah, mm-hmm. it was exciting. It was fun. You had mm-hmm. great songs. Like, oh God, that was so good. Mm-hmm. Even ret- like retrospectively, now that you guys have 11 years more of music experience, mm-hmm. like, it was still such a good album. Mm-hmm. Such a weird, like ephemeral moment yeah. eh, to put that down on my recording. first My first recording experience ever, too. Oh, really? Yeah. The very first time I was in the studio. And I remember the first thing that the producer... Um, it was Tom Dobransky, I think. Oh, what was it? Uh, what did he say though? No, it's Tom oh, Dobransky. Yeah, he said I, I played I played one pass through my thing. And he's like, oh, we can use auto tune, and I was like, oh, my confidence was very shattered. <laughs> I was like, can I just try <laughs> yeah. it some more times? And now that I have like all this experience under my belt, like I know how to play stuff in tune, and I also right. know how to like do multiple takes and to be able to be consistent with that. But it was like mm-hmm. the very first time, and realizing like what I don't know the technique of like a producer like you've worked in a lot of recording studios and people that you've worked with the producer's job it really is like a lot about building up the confidence of the musician and being like that was really great could we just do another one just for good measure and you know that they know that it's like that was let's do it again (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've worked with some amazing producers and then I also worked with Tom many years later and he's changed, he's a, lot. changed a lot too because yeah. he was just learning too. Oh, totally. So it's like it's a skill that I never thought about being a producer is that you really are managing the artist and managing their performance in the yeah. studio, making them feel really comfortable. So I remember with um, the Painted Birds, which was your next band, mm-hmm. we recorded at that one studio on Commercial and 18th. Mm-hmm. I forget the guy's name, but he John was Cole. yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, and he was so kind, and he literally like he had this like wood paneled recording studio, and he lit all these candles. Yeah, and he said to me, he's like, "Oh, you're really talented. Like, just do whatever you want, and I'll just keep the record going." And he like let me do tons of different yeah. things, and got like a really good performance. And nice. I was like, "So our recording studio that we're in here, we kind of took a little bit of that inspiration, where it's like nice. let's cover it in like silk panels and have yeah. low lighting, and." Uh, yeah, it's a really fun place to record I really music like, in. I really like these hanging things. What would you call them, like baffles? <laughs> Baffle, yeah. yeah, these hanging baffles. They, I could just stare at them forever. Yeah, we upholstered them with really nice uh, silk. Yeah. yeah, we're not blowing smoke. It's actually very beautiful. It's in really here. great. Like, we really like being in here. Yeah. So, so yeah. anyway, just to kind of coax a little more loosey-goosey, like... Yeah, well, that's it, yeah. right? And I've heard that from so many... And I think there's some producers who I've worked with since then who don't get that, that it's not... It's not about your ideas, you know, when you when it comes to like production mix and all this kind of stuff. Although it, those are very important, it's mm-hmm. like you really have to cultivate comfort or the best environment for that artist to give you the best performance. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was. I mean, yeah, we were all so young. I know. We were so young. I think that was the first time I ever. Were we ever so young? We were so young. We were nineteen, twenty, mm-hmm. and I. But I, I, that was the first time I recorded. and I liked it. I, uh-huh. I remember I'd done it in high school, and I was just like, I like music, and I love writing music, but I hate the studio. Mm. And then that we did that, and then we walked away, and I was like, I actually like what we did. Like, yeah. And ever since then, it's you know, you know, you get used to hearing your own voice. Yeah. Remember, like the first time you hear your voice recorded, and you're just like, Ugh. That's like, not me. <laughs> I don't sound like that. Like, no. <laughs> 
but you do. Yeah. You do sound, sound like, like that. that. Yeah. yeah. It's that is, very that's been what, interesting. That's what you like, sound like. Fuck, do I ever over-enunciate everything I say if I'm trying to speak slowly? Because <laughs> I'm a very fast talker and I'm super self-conscious about it. So yeah. when I listened and to myself, I was like, God, I sound like a mom. <laughs> I sound like a Midwestern mother. Wine mom. <laughs> wine mom. <laughs> weed mom. Weed mom. Yeah, I'm wine mom. She's weed mom. <laughs> Wine mom and weed mom. <laughs> we have fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh gosh. man. So yeah. So that was. I don't know. That was a really good time. It taught me a lot. Um. And really, it kind of opened me up to the possibilities of collaborating with people. And so from there, mm-hmm. I wound up playing in like so many different bands and recording on a ton of different albums. And it was really a sincere pleasure. So yeah, thanks. That was good. Thanks, Dom. And uh, just kind of getting to know the sort of hustle of working in the music scene a little bit and and Mm -hmm. doing gigs and like trying to scramble for pay and like all of the grind that you have to do for like loading gear in and out you know at the middle of the night and starting at two in the morning and Mm -hmm. trying not to piss off the sound guy Mm -hmm. yeah yeah because you know what happens if you piss off the sound guy. do you remember (laughs) do you remember the uh the old marine club i think we played there and the stage was super rickety so every time that you'd step in a different spot another person would like move on the stage so it was super like yeah just an unstable stage and it would bounce a lot and then the sound guy would just like set up the levels and then he went and played chess in the back bar and we'd be like hey can we get a little more cello yeah. in the monitor. Oh uh, yeah, we Where we're, we're go? gonna use the the keyboard that we haven't been using now. Could you please turn it on? No. Hello. No. Okay. Is, no. Any, is anybody out there? <laughs> yeah. Yes. No, I totally remember that. But I remember the difference between when we because we played that room and it was like sparsely packed that night. Mm-hmm. But when we packed it, then he was like at the board. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like everything mattered, and he was like there, and it was a great show, and he was nice to us, and blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But. I do remember those nights. I remember actually, because I'd had I'd had like two friends of mine complain to me earlier, like that week about how like it really was, um, you know, a cross to bear that they that they were that they were such good students. You know, it was hard. It was really you know, it was really what <laughs> people don't understand that like you know when I get when like when they got like ninety eight percent on this like it was it was hard because then other people like were angry at them and it was like it was hard that they did like hide this to themselves and blah 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 blah. And so I'd heard this rant and I was just like, F you guys, like get get out of my like seriously? You're complaining about like more than like privilege, like like whatever. And then Gavin like gave me the same beef session like that day as we were loading out about how you know know it it's like it's really hard like people don't understand it's like the 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 hardships of being really successful and talented and and like brilliant it is really hard yeah tell me about it so hard yeah right (laughs) just ask us all and i just and i just remember at one of those marine club shows i think it was probably the crappier one where i just like made fun of him for it in front of the audience like into like the mic in the middle of oh, you little shit. of the set you, yeah, I, <laughs> and I totally just like called him out for it and like Josh who is one of my most insensitive friends was just like whatever <laughs> don't worry about it <laughs> and, and like Gavin was so pissed and my girlfriend at the time was like yeah that was that's a little harsh. Pretty mean. Like you kind of called, like you kind of called him out, like on stage, and it was like kind of awkward. And and I don't mind awkward. I kind of like awkward on stage. It's kind of hilarious to me. But I did feel bad after. You're was, a bit like, of a an imp, a bit of a shit disturber. Yeah. <laughs> I felt bad. I did feel bad for that after whatever. And I thought about it. I was like, that was kind of shitty. Like we were on the same team for me to like. 
I could have just called them out in person behind the scenes and not done it in front of like 50 of but our friends. But it was friends. so much funnier to... <laughs> it's yeah. so funny to look back on time. that time and just realize how, like, what children we really were. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and I, I can remember, like, I don't mean to just come in like, let me just make this about myself for a second. Uh, no, but this is a conversation, sure. Katie. But I was very, I was very just... That's more tea I yeah, more tea. A lot of my, actually. Okay. like, uh, adolescence and early adulthood as a adjacent person in a lot of mm-hmm. ways. Like, I would t- tag along end up like hanging out with bands and like just wishing to hell that I could be in one or something that I had that kind of talent or whatever so but I thought that by spending time with people who were like cool kids who were in bands and stuff that that would somehow rub off on me and like mm. make me a cooler person and like I'll show those bullies who didn't like me when I was 10 or something like look at all my cool rock star friends and that that was like such an immature way of looking at uh, social cachet and like how to actually like yourself right so the idea that I could just like get that by hanging out with people and it was so I think it was a very transparent thing like I think people were very aware of that and it was something that people would sort of like very gently chastise me for and I think I got some of that from Josh for sure like <laughs> where I was definitely at something where he, he was talking he was saying some really nice things about some people and I, and I was just like oh what am I chaplain he's like well to be honest I don't really know you or care about you <laughs> I was yeah. like you know what I, I, I hurt really Josh. bad at the time and now I'm like Thank you for your honesty and for not like pretending to like me. Because <laughs> I don't need that. He's not honest. Yeah. yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's that's totally a okay with yeah. me now. But at the time, I think I was like, oh no, my my wounded pride. But I was like, no, no, no. It actually really made me realize, like, oh, I actually have to figure out how to like myself on my own and like not just try to get totally. my mm-hmm. self satisfaction from like, oh, cool people will hang out with me or like it's like saying like uh, if a hot guy sleeps with me that makes me beautiful mm. or right. something and that's just such bullshit so like so g- going th- you have to learn that a little bit harshly and so like it's great and now I know that I don't actually want to be in a band so <laughs> it's perfect yeah no music is not my thing it's not my talent so I do my own thing yeah well yeah not to say that you're not I don't know I like your singing voice oh thank you yeah. but it's not something that I do like for money yeah I have some interesting feelings about music and doing it for a living or as a job. Because, like, I definitely don't ever want to do that. And, I can't blame you. Like, and it's, it's <laughs> like, only a fucking idiot would do that. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> what kind of stupid, moronic... What kind of buffoon? stupid, idiot person who's sitting here at six foot seven? And <laughs> yeah. I yeah. just... Watching you hustle really did illuminate that. And with the Painted Birds, too, I remember you... Because Spark That Screams broke up, I guess, or, like, we went on hiatus. You went to Germany right. and traveled. You came back. You're like, I want to go in a different direction. And everyone kind of yeah. decided to, to change it up a little bit. And we were all going to be in the same band. And then you guys, like, with, like, Sean and Josh, it's like, okay, now we need to sit down and, like, map out our five-year plan. It was very smart and very sensible about, like, right. what do we want to do? What kind of promo are we going to do? What kind of tours do we want to do? When are we going to record? Like, and it really was like, you know, Chris, get your shit together. And like, what? And I was like, I don't like any of this. And so I was like, bye. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that was such an amazing time. I think, like, you know, like, you were kind of saying, Katie, about like that time in your life, 21, 22. And, mm-hmm. and like, I, I sized it up just like, we have this like feeling of inadequacy or like we oh, have, God. you know what I mean? Like, and, and, and we were looking for validation or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And I remember that at that time, it was very much like, yes, we were like, I, I think we were like being trying to be as professional as possible. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I didn't, I wasn't really sure what I needed to do. Like, and, and, and I wasn't very trusting of my own gut instinct was when I really should have been doing it, as opposed to just like listening to like, well, this person's 
says I should do this, so I need mm-hmm. to do this, and this person says I need to do this, and I sh- so I so I need to do these things. Um, yeah, I remember you. You were talking about like we need to like script our onstage banter. Do you remember yeah. that where it's like because we really want to put together a polished show yeah. that delivers something really good, and it just rubbed me the wrong way. Totally. <laughs> and like looking back on it now, I'm just like ah, uh, like in other bands that I've been in, we sort of had bits that we kind of would go mm-hmm. back to and banter around songs and stuff. So I'm like, it kind of did work. Well, yeah. but just like that sort of, I was like, this is phony. Right. This is bullshit. I'm just, I'm an phonies. artist. I'm going to go do my own thing. And then like, didn't <laughs> really. Yeah. So <laughs> it was just such a weird time. But just like that whole hustle of like, let's plan tours. Let's, you know, work on all of our promo. Right. Let's get a publicist. Let's do all of this. It never appealed to me. I felt like it was going to take some of the joy and authenticity and enjoyment out of right. playing music. Yeah. So I don't know if you felt or feel that way at all because no. you, you hustle yeah, hard I, on I, your music. I think it's before good. I, like, what happened to me is, like, I went, I forever, like, was my through my teenage years, it was always, like, this dream. I really wanted to do this. We started Spark the Screams, and I really wanted to play music professionally and be famous or whatever the hell I wanted. And... But I was always like, but if I make it my career, it's not going to be fun. I'm, uh-huh. I'm, and I'm not going to, it's like, and it's just a pipe dream. It's so impossible. It's just a pipe dream. And I went away to Germany and, and I read a book called The Alchemist. And it like basically the way I interpreted it. By Paulo Coelho. Pa- Paulo, Paulo Coelho. Yes. <laughs> Paulo, which I think oh, his writing is beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. But what, the, the, the takeaway I got from it was like the dream that you've had all along, like that, that dream that you're like, I really want to do that, but that's the dream that you're supposed to be following. So like, stop double, like stop second guessing yourself mm-hmm. and just follow it. So I came back from Germany. I was like, no, I'm going to do this. And, um, yeah, I mean like it doesn't, it doesn't take away what I thought it would take away. Mm-hmm. If you know that, that, like there's still, there's still great joy in writing. I still have joy in performing. And, yeah. you know, I think when we were in Spark the Screams, it was very arty and like not, inaccessible but like it wasn't about being accessible it was about being cathartic or it was about being like mind bending and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff and Painted Birds kind of moved in this pop direction and and I've had projects that are more pop and this uh, my new project right Regal right mm-hmm. now is a bit more like kind of like like a spark that screams throwback and like it's electronic elements and it's like yeah, not li- needing to be pop and choruses and all that kind of stuff so but I mean like there are times when I like really hate what I do and I really hate like the game or whatever mm-hmm. it is but I still I still always come around to thinking it's pretty great and like you don't want to be doing anything else necessarily yeah 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 it's it's a hard leap to make I'm just such a like I want to have like a solid footing for everything and to me to do art as like a full-time thing is really scary because it's like I don't want to mm-hmm. give up a solid paycheck to like cover my bills I really paycheck. like having yeah I like having <laughs> I like I like having like good other work that I do and then the music is like a beautiful mm-hmm. sprinkling on top and I get to go off right. on little adventures and I get to play shows around town but not that often kind of yeah. thing. And so I feel like that's a good it's a good place for me and I've come to terms with it because for a while I was like having like huge FOMO, like fear of missing out mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, if I had only quit my job and followed Shauna to Toronto, you know, we could have been playing all the time. And she, like, composes now for, like, and her songs are on TV. It's our friend Adeline, who's super talented and wonderful. And yeah. I was, like, kicking myself for not just dropping everything and following her or, like, getting involved with another, like, the cool pop string quartets that are in town, you know? But it's, mm-hmm. like, I just kind of did my own thing instead. Mm-hmm. And I felt guilty about that a little bit or, like, a little... 
insecure, like, oh, I made the wrong choice, I made the safe choice. But now that I've come to know myself so much better, I'm like, no, it was the right choice for me. That's the mm. instinct of like being really averse to that lifestyle of like hustling in the music and entertainment industry. It's yeah. like, so instead, I mean, I'm going to hustle in the like social justice world instead, yeah. apparently. Yeah, I think, I think the hustle is really the most is yeah. The satisfying. Yeah. Really. Yeah. But I think it's also, I think it's good to be able to acknowledge that you like the sort of more balanced life. Like it's not, mm-hmm. I think some people might say it's selling out, you know, but you don't, nobody has to just do one thing with their whole ass, you mm-hmm. know, like the idea that that is, <laughs> that is the right thing to do, that's the honorable thing to do is like a very far be it for me to dig, dig too deep into my own educational background, but it's like a pretty masculine idea that you have like one thing that you're supposed to do and that's the thing you do and that's like what makes you amazing and stuff and like, I feel like kind of like so, like the socialization that I got as a as a wee little baby girl that uh, I don't know what the fuck accent that was, it's not anything a wee baby, a wee baby Seamus, you know like just a <laughs> tiny little baby yes, um, but that, uh, that like the idea that you can't just do one thing like you, if you if you do one thing, then you're not giving any time to other things that might need you or mm. whatever. So it's it's just a little bit of a different... So I think to be able to think like, okay, no, I actually do need to have this sort of baseline where I go to work a, a certain number of days a week and I get that basic paycheck and I can still do that. It's still... You're still making good art, you know? Like, yeah. just because you're not giving your whole self to it doesn't mean that it's not going to be good. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that, like, partial effort isn't worthwhile. And I find mm-hmm. that, like, the, the I really crave structure a lot. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So having the structure of, like, going to work and having to show up, like, at a certain time, like, it actually helps my creativity more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because then it's like, then I have, once I'm done work, that's a really solid boundary. And now I'm like, now it's playtime and all day at work, you know. I've been having little things pop into my head. Now that I've started writing my own songs, it's been about three years. Mm-hmm. And, like, I kind of opened up that channel mm-hmm. if you I like getting esoteric about that kind of stuff but it does feel like I've popped open like a cork in my head mm-hmm. and now songs come in a lot and so I'm just like just jotting stuff down all day and then I get home and I can like play on the piano and write right. stuff yeah. I feel like if I had to if I was just left to my own devices to like be purely creative and just write I would just dick around on the internet and oh yeah you know find I other ways I completely to agree with yeah you. I love dicking around yeah. <laughs> it's so great. Yeah. No, <laughs> I'm not I, even being euphemistic. I, well, I mean, I am being euphemistic because yeah. just dicking around. Yeah. It's the best. No, I definitely, fe- I definitely feel either, like, because I work, you know, I, I work with kids two days a week right now. Sometimes it's four days of the week. But, it, it, yeah, it's like the days that I, I have work or, like, if I know that I only, I have less time mm-hmm. to be creative, to, to write, to book whatever I'm doing in my musical side of, then the more I'm like, no, I have an hour before work and I have three hours this night and I have two, you know, and you're like, okay, it's go time. I have six from six until eight and then I got to go. Mm-hmm. Whereas. Do you want some tea? <laughs> no, I'd really like some wine. I know oh. I said that I didn't, but now I do. Yeah, I thought you would. <laughs> but, but yeah. What accent was that? I thought you would. I don't know. I don't know. But, uh. But well, I, we are very good at voice work. I don't here. know. Who's this character? What's their he's, backstory? His uh, Serge. Sarge. <laughs> Sarge. Sarge. Serge or Sarge? Whichever. Whichever. I don't know. <laughs> um, but anyways, to get back to the serious matter, I'm just saying. Yeah, like I just find when I do have another thing, sort mm-hmm. of to ping pong back and forth between, then I I'm way more creative. I'm way more stru- like the structure helps me with my. Mm-hmm. productivity and then are you still doing like the hustle in terms of like booking gigs booking tours yeah. doing all of that so that's another thing that like 
it's annoying. Yeah. It's it's hin maybe hindering to creativity, or does that give you the balance between like, okay, I got to spend the morning, you know, just booking uh, shit, sending emails, like, or do you just hate it? <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> booking, I don't, I don't hate booking as much as I know most a lot of my friend, musician friends mm -hmm. hate it. Like I, I, everybody who they're like, oh my god, I can't do it. I hate it. I've done, I've done about five tours now, mm -hmm. and it sucks. It's like nobody wants to be booking a tour. Nobody like. But it is kind of fun when you're like, I can imagine all the places I'll go, especially when you tour Europe. And it's fun yeah. when you have like this calendar, and you're just like, your dates are filling in, and like you have a calendar that went from white to green to red. Because I do this thing <laughs> where it's like white is nothing, and then green is like, okay, we have. We're potential. talking potential, and then red is booked. So it's like coloring it in, Christmas. filling in the yeah, filling it in the blanks like that is like, and then sending it to your tour mates, being like, mm, yeah, I booked it. Is this thing falling? I feel like it's falling. Am I tripping out? No, it's not. It's the fine. Microphone? No, it's, it's fine. fine. It's fine. Okay. Don't trip out. <laughs> Tripping out, man. Oh, I'm slipping my wine. I did put a lot of mushrooms in that tea. That'd be so great. <laughs> oh, imagine. So what if balls. that would be... Okay, no. Should we do a mushrooms podcast? No, that well, sounds the, really the obnoxious. Thing, thing but is, just we dose our guests before they come in. Oh, wow. That is super illegal. But you wouldn't, you wouldn't get really With high until the thing ended, I think. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right as the podcast ended, you'd be like, oh. Oh, and I can see accents and oh. colors and times and... <laughs> Yeah, probably a bad idea, but might be an idea. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like it would be... Maybe we do it and then don't release it if it's terrible, because I just feel like that go. is probably really obnoxious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah perhaps it's, it's problematic for our careers, but... Yeah, and already, like, there's... We've had a lot of stories on here where we talk, and then I got so high and I did this, and I'm like, those are kind of boring stories. <laughs> They're great when you're 20 or you're 21 well, or 22 and so or whatever, but now. I like I like recounting them as nostalgia to be like, oh, the fun we had with our yeah. mind-altering substances and our adventures, right. you yeah. know. That was, that was fun. The time you were on acid and ran into some raccoons. Yeah. You know, as you do. <laughs> oh, acid and raccoons. Those were the days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord. Um, so, in terms of touring and stuff like that, and just in general playing music, mm -hmm. I wanted to kind of look into the being a solo musician versus being in a band. Um, what do you, because you've done so many different things, and even as a solo musician, you usually have a band with you. Uh, well, if, yeah, in, in Vancouver I do. Right. When, I, when I tour solo, I tour solo, just because it's, you know, I've toured with the band where I'm paying them all, but at the end of it, you just end up out so much money. Mm -hmm. When... You know, sometimes you're going to a new new city that you've never been to before. You're going to be playing between for between 25 to maybe 60 people, which is a great show in like any given room, like in a, in a room, like an intimate. Yeah, room, you know yeah. what I mean. But like, do you need a, do you need do I need to be paying a band to be losing a whole bunch of money to be playing to these 40 to 60 people or whatever, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of times I tour is just completely solo, and I did my I did my first like solo solo tour down the coast last year. Um, it was my first time in the States, and and it was, like, a lot of, like, nine or ten hour drives by myself. Oh. And, I, you know, you think, like, I thought, I, I thought to myself, like, how am I going to drive for eight hours from, you know, Portland to Sacramento tonight? Like, yeah. I don't have to play a show, but, like, how am I going to make it, like, eight hours by myself? But, like, you just do it, you know? <laughs> you just, I would just get out of the car. Like, there's so many rest stops. Like, they have way more than us, I think. Oh, like, God, like, I love so driving in the States. Oh, so much there's always, so great. There's always Christians with coffee everywhere. And, so like... many Christian radio stations. I remember going through Oregon just being, like, Christian, country, country, Christian radio, 
country. Like, well, everything is Christian or country. Well, I think Eugene is like the <laughs> is it or is it Bend that it has the most churches per capita in America? Could be. I think it must be Bend because Eugene is like a little hippie holdout still. Right. Right, yeah. I can't remember which one I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's a, like a county in there that just has more churches per person than you could ever wow. need. Mm. Yeah, so, we have too many churches. Like, here. Everybody just assumes Oregon is just Portland or that Washington right. is just Seattle. But like, you go to Spokane and it's like, like like they're like, hey, have you heard of our Western racism? Like, we've got some good West Coast racism here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird. Rural urban. Yeah. But yeah, this, this tour. <laughs> Sorry, I said all these thoughts come to mind about Great. the states in America. But I, yeah, like in, in regards to that, we was like, so I did this tour and, and, and on the way back, I, my last stop was in Olympia and it was at this little tiny, I don't even know what it was, but like there was like four artists booked and we were all kind of like, what is this? Because like we weren't in, we weren't in Olympia. Like we were all following like our Google Maps, and it was like leading us out of town. And you like, so you know what I mean? You like, you like turn down this like dirt road into the forest, Yikes. and like you see a like a sign on cardboard that's like, don't worry, like you're like you're, you're going almost the right way. there. You're almost at the such and such house, Yikes. the such and such manor. I think it's I forget something oh, wow. manor. I shouldn't trash it. It was, it was a very but anyways, we get there, and this like it, it was really funny to me because he looked a lot like our friend Ari Laser. Oh yeah, had, like this long hair, and uh, he came up to the like I just like I get there <laughs> and I'm like looking at my phone like I'm here, okay, and then all of a sudden I hear this like knock on my window and there's like there's like fifty to fifty five to sixty five year old Ari Laser just like hi, <laughs> are you are you uh, are you the are you music musician? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, oh, good. Uh, you can, you can park uh, closer around the back. Uh, I don't know how many people are coming tonight, but uh, but we're we're gonna have a show and the music will go on. And uh, but I I don't I don't really know. We haven't got any press and it's been really hard to promote this show. So, uh, and he did, and I'm like, yeah 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 yeah. I've heard it all before. Like, I got here and nobody really knew that they were playing. Cool, whatever. So mm-hmm. I show up and. And it, like I, I say, it's a halfway house because there's just a lot of young people who were like who seemed to be kind of like edgy, and I didn't really understand how they all came together in this manner. But I was like, okay, and I'm talking to like the other musicians who've all mm-hmm. shown up and who are all kind of like, where the hell are we? And and I'm like, I say to somebody, I'm like, I think this is like a halfway house. And they're like, yeah, I think I think it is. I think it is. Huh. So there's some there's some like hicks having a bonfire in the backyard, drinking whiskey out of a jar, and and like and we we go and we sound check, and of course we're we're playing in his like garage that has been like covered in foam, so it's like soundproofed uh-huh. and like covered in like you know blankets everywhere. And it's very vibe. It would have been awesome had it been like packed, and we're all sitting there because it's Olympia. We're like. I wonder if Nirvana played here, you know, like that kind of like, I wonder, I don't think so, but imagine if they did. Like <laughs> they Kathleen Hannah was here, yeah, scrawled they, into the floor. Yeah, yeah they would have played here. I'm sure they would have played here. But there was this guy, and uh, and he was like young, somewhere between like 20 and 26 years old, and like loud, shirt off, and he just had this like giant um, belt buckle, this <laughs> huge <laughs> cock. No, he had this giant belt buckle. That Sorry. was that was a um, uh, a Confederate flag. Uh oh. 
on it, and like everybody was really uneasy about this guy who was just smoking cigarettes and swearing, and he was the one drinking like whiskey out of a like. I don't moonshine or something. But like out of a jar, not like a cute little mason jar. No, 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 like no, no, no. Like That's like cute. like where did th- with three X's on yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like like duct tape and like like but yeah, you're like this is. But so, anyways, we're all like you know passing the bong around the fire, and finally, I'm like, I'm like, can I ask you something? He's, yeah, sure. I'm like, well, like, what does your what is the belt like? What is that flag? What does that mean to you? And like. Everybody got like super tense, and I'm just like, well, like let's let's hear this guy out. And we had the best conversation about it, about like basically he he just was like, it doesn't mean to me. He's like, I love black people. I think gays are like great. Like this Confederate, it does like everybody. He's like, I'm wearing this to educate people that this flag doesn't mean we want slaves. This this flag to me means like because he's from the south. He's like. This flag means, like, we want to govern ourselves. And he just basically went on to explain to me, like, the whole, you know, North versus South Civil War, like, there's all, you know, like, this is propaganda. Like, the whole war happened because of slaves. No, it didn't. Like, this is his take on it. It's like, it didn't happen because of slaves. And he's saying this to you. (laughs) Yeah, he's saying it to me. He's like, it didn't happen because of slaves. It happened because we didn't want them to come in and tell us what... That they like, we had to do this. So we wanted to govern ourselves. We wanted them to like be like, "You want your own president? You can have your own president. We'll have our own president. Thank you very much." And a president that's totally fine with slavery, though. That's also a well. Part but I mean, like, it, <laughs> to, to his point, like the yeah. North had plenty of slaves at the time too. Oh, yeah. They were just like, get this out so that we can push this, push our agenda of like unification and all this kind of stuff. I don't doubt that it was much more complicated than just that. Yeah. But was he aware that you are not a white man? <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know, but I don't, I don't really, I don't really, I don't really know what he thought, but like I did like after talking to him, I was like really glad that I asked him because yeah. like, like after that I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm very comfortable with you and your opinions and whatever. Even if they're bad opinions, they don't feel dangerous. Kind yeah. Of. Like I didn't, but I, but I, but like I had, I had this idea in my mind of him as a person before this and I was like, huh, I was kind of being prejudiced to you before this bill, which might be justified because like. I mean, it is a Confederate flag, but <laughs> I felt I felt the uh, yeah I don't know makes me makes me think differently, especially because like right after that the whole outlawing of the Confederate flag went mm-hmm. down last summer, right? And yeah, I'm like, hmm, interesting. Yeah, well, I I really do like that kind of thing where you go to new places and you ask just out of curiosity, not necessarily yeah. with judgment, even though you like because we all judge everything all the time, totally. but to just be able to go up into a new situation and be like, hey. What does that mean to you? Right. I'm just really curious. And people can tell if you're genuine about it. And obviously you were. You were just like, I really am fascinated with this. Tell me what it means to you. Sometimes you get some really cool answers. Yeah. (laughs) That's uh, in our work, doing mental health work, that comes up a lot. Totally. Where it's just like folks that maybe are acting a certain way that wouldn't be acceptable in certain situations or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you just ask them like, hey, what's going on with you today? Or... What happened, or tell me a story from your past, or something like that you get some really fucking cool answers mm-hmm. that come out of it. So, yeah, mm. yeah, but yeah, 
So touring by yourself. <laughs> touring by myself. It you, was, get to, yeah. you get to get into those kinds of you, situations. Yeah, and you don't really, like, I feel like when you're touring with a group, like a band or, uh, you know, co-artists, you know, you're co-headlining, mm-hmm. you can kind of always, like, hide with each other mm-hmm. or, like, hang out with each other, whereas, like, solo, yeah. it's just like you get there and... You either gotta assimilate or be completely by yourself. Yeah, exactly. So I, you just, I just had, you just end up meeting really random, funky people. I, <laughs> I just had like a couple. The, the experiences were just very hilarious and across the like all over the place. Just like the per- purely from like an emotional and social perspective, do you prefer be like t- traveling with a band or by yourself, like to do music? Like, what's better for you, like in terms of not even playing the shows, but like just just the, pl- the in between shit. Yeah. It really depends on the people. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh, yeah. yeah, like, I mean, like, there are people who, when I've, I mean, like, the Folk Roadshow, I love them dearly, but, like, sometimes they can be some of the hardest people to tour with. Yeah. I stay, I like, I stay with them because I think there's, like, a magic synthesis between the four of us that's mm-hmm. really, like, like, it's kind of a spark that screamsy and that, like, mm-hmm. it just feels really raw right. and fun and, but, like, actually, like, traveling with them, like, like, one of, like, one of us is... You know, he's like the drunken cowboy who just wants to like go out and fuck everything. Uh, then there's like the the hermit uh, poet who just could read all day long and smoke cigarettes and not talk to anybody. And then then Peter is like, you know, he's on the spectrum and like you know you can't like really, you know, you can't like really like reason with him why it's not a good. You know, like, why? Oh, here's why we can't wear sweatpants on stage today, Peter. And it's like a fucking, like, it's so, such a hard conversation to have all the time. And you're just like, because we're professionals and we can't wear the same shitty sweatpants for the third day in a row on stage again. Like, I, I don't know why. I think it's dumb too, but you're going to have to change your clothes because you look like a schlep. A schlep. You know, like, so. But then, but then, like you know, the the bre- like the brotherhood and the fun that comes out of that is amazing, and and you have you know you have people to like lean on, mm-hmm. and traveling alone can be a lot, just like in your like oh yeah in your own brain, head yeah. and yeah yeah you at least have some people that you can commiserate with too about like wasn't that a weird experience that we all totally. just had you saw that too right okay totally. cool not just me. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. There's been so many times in my life, like I never toured long or f- very much, but like there's been so many things where I was like, did I imagine that? Like, did that actually happen? And then I have to like call up Nick or something and be like, hey, did I just invent that memory? Like, no, that definitely. Right. Yeah, you took your pants off and rode on the back of that motorcycle. I was like, oh, did I wear a helmet? You did not. You definitely <laughs> did. Oh, goodness gracious. Oh, I've had some time. You've lived some lives. I've lived some lives. Not as many as Turing, some people here, but. Turing alone, I think it'd be kind of like. Like, I've always wanted to do, like, a silence retreat or, like, a meditation. Vespasana. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, that Ten kind of thing. Ten-day silent Ten meditation. Day, yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. I think it's kind of along those lines where it'd be, like, really great for, you know, maybe your character or your inner peace or just, like, but learning it's about yourself. But miserable as you're doing But, like, yeah. yeah, like, you get to the end and you're ready. You're ready to tour with people, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. I think that's kind of, like, it, it's great, but... It's not like this is. It's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That being said, I'm I'm like I'm like pondering buying a van and just like getting rid of my apartment and just <laughs> just like going. Well, then this, ep- <laughs> this episode was going to be really similar to our uh, yeah. to our last one. Yeah, probably. Maris is selling her van. <laughs> you can buy her van. It's all decked out with a is full living really? situation. Mm-hmm. Huh. Huh. Yeah. Oh, you had Maris, 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 Maris. Great. Yeah. As opposed to the other Maris. 
Maris Mills. I don't know any other Maris. Maris Niles' from, wife. Ma- from, Niles' wife, from yeah. Frasier. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we never see her. She's got an underbite like a barracuda. That's the only thing I remember about that dumb show. Underbite like a barracuda, yeah. It's a fetching little underbite, according to Niles. Oh, very sweet. Like, uh, a, like a cute uh, little uh, uh, shih tzu or whatever. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Just like a cute little shih tzu. Oh, man. We are sweating buckets. Yeah, why are we sweating so much? We're upstairs. It's so hot. I sweat everywhere. I have a sweating disease. It's starting to be warmer out, too. So why don't we take a little break and air out the studio a little bit? Yeah. Great. Cool. We'll be right back. Great. And we're back. Are we back? Yeah, sure. We're back, yeah. Yeah, we can be back. Back. You hit record already? Oh yeah. Oh okay. But I I always started at the point where so right, 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 all right, right, the right, secrets right. that you divulge that I have on tape I'm just gonna save for later. Thank you. Yeah. So I'm just it's adding smear campaign later on. I'm adding to your blackmail file. I gave you some photos. So when we did our episode with Aaron, we went through um, our photo albums to like look at our teen goth selves, and I found some pictures of you from a pirate party where you're wearing some leather pants yeah, right, that were mine. Pants. And so for context, I'm five foot zero, <laughs> and Dom is six foot eleven. I thought you were 6'8 When he has bigger hair You thought wrong Yeah, It's like that's such a fucking Madeline Kahn thing Like I'm 6 foot 8 inches ma'am Forget about the 6 feet Tell me about the 8 inches <laughs> 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 You've seen Blazing Saddles right? I nope haven't, I nope. Haven't seen Oh my either. god definitely a mu- I need to Yeah leave for 90 minutes Watch it and come back And then okay. we'll reconvene You know what I just watched The other night though What's that? This, I sh- this should have updated I watched The Labyrinth For the first time <gasps> Oh. Sorry, I got really excited. Yeah. <laughs> the I first watched, time. I watched David Bowie's package, like, mm-hmm. all Friday night. It's pretty good. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. That's Although somebody country. somebody noted, they're like, did you notice that his package, like, changed throughout the movie? Like, at the beginning, it's like, dick balls. Like, you can, like, see, like, so much definition, and all of a sudden, it just kind of, like, slowly Smooth. just becomes, like, just a mound. <laughs> Like, Someone in wardrobe was like, was we like, gotta get him a cod piece. This is obscene. Yeah, like, we're counting the hairs on his testicles. Like, maybe <laughs> maybe we should, maybe One, we should just, like, cushion that two, up a bit. And, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> two ball hairs yeah. on the David Bowie. <laughs> Why does that become don't, Italian? Don't sully the count with your disgusting ball hair joke. Just become Italian. We what? <laughs> but yeah, great movie. Although definitely one of I mean, those. Is it though? Is it a great movie? I love it more than anything. But it's not very um, good. Well, it is what it is, though. Like I mean, maybe that counters the whole. It's a great movie, but no, I think I think for a kind of scary adolescent, uh, you know, movie like mm-hmm. that kind of like takes you to a new fantastic world. It's, <laughs> it's great. Or and David like, Bowie is David Bowie is slightly sexually menacing, and and you kind of yeah. like it, but you're not sure. Yeah. Yeah. And and like but like and the puppet work is just so like insane. It's good. Yeah. Here's a, I got some tr- tidbits for you if you if you're interested because okay, uh, yeah. you know I've got the I got the trivs. Yeah, of course. Got the trivia's. Uh, I always called you the, uh, Katie Susie Trips. That's what they call me. <laughs> Katie Susie Trips. Katie Susie Trips. That's what they've always called me. That's definitely my nickname. Hundred percent of the time, it's always been it. Susie Trips. Um, so the all the dancing in that film is choreographed by Gates McFadden, mm. who is Dr. Beverly Crusher on Star Trek: The Next Generation. Oh shit! So she is. Yeah, she was a very popular uh, choreograph choreographer choreographer choreographer. choreographer. No, Thank you. Right. Yeah. And uh, the one of the puppeteers who did the fireys, you know, the with the creepy, they pull their heads off and they're like throwing them around, and it's like sort of vaguely, I don't know, dance hall. It's like a little bit Jamaican sounding. One of the uh, one of the puppeteers is Cap from uh, what do you call it? Uh, Red Dwarf. Ah, Danny, yeah, yeah. Danny John Jules. Okay. Yeah. 
It's cool shit. My yeah. hair is nice. My clothes are nice. I'm looking nice. Yeah. I love. <laughs> oh my god, I love Red Dwarf. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I was very attracted to Lister. Me too. Oh, thank God, the, I'm not the, alone. Oh, the ultimate dirtbag fantasy. Oh, totally. And he's the last man on the universe, and so you gotta fuck him. <laughs> you gotta. I'm you so gotta. Lost you can't. Right what can you do you with like a, British a biracial? Fiction? No, I know. I know the show Red Dwarf. <laughs> we don't I, don't, like I never, those, I, I never really, wa- I never really got into Red Dwarf, though, mm-hmm. unfortunately. But I yeah. know, I know of it. Yes, the main character is just like a dirtbag human who like. Like drinks, he like only has two remaining taste buds or something, and so he only eats the spiciest food. He drinks beer milkshakes all the time. <laughs> right. He's just like he clips his toenails at dinner. He's got like weird dreadlocks. Like I don't know, but there's something just super hot in his Liverpudlian really accent. He's really hot. So hot. It's really so hot. hot. Super hot. He kind of looks like a cross between Jordan Peele and you, actually. So I'll have to start clipping my toenails at the dinner table more often. <laughs> um, don't. You know? Well, I mean, that's not going to be a problem for me, because I don't usually eat dinner with <laughs> Yes. Any of your current friends or roommates would probably not uh, enjoy that very much. I'll just wait until they reject the idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you watch Labyrinth for the first time. I watch Labyrinth for the first time, mm-hmm. yeah. Wow, it's uh, did you have did you have 30s. your teenage girl sexual awakening this weekend then? Is I did, yeah. No, great. I don't. I didn't know. Good. Is it? <laughs> yeah, it feels is great. That, was that is that the awakening for a lot of people? Is oh the god! Mm-hmm. Well, I saw that when I was thirteen. So, <sighs> but is it David Bowie who's like oh, awakening you? Fuck mm-hmm. yeah! Well, a little bit. Okay, honestly, a little bit Jennifer Connelly too. Oh, but yeah, I was like sure. crushing that down for a long time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely, she's terrible in that film. She is she's not a so good actress, bad. but she's so beautiful. Like, but she was sixteen and I was thirteen when I was watching it, so it's not weird. Now it's weird. If I go, is she like, only oh, three years old than us? What, no, 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 no. She's much older than that. But like watching the movie, she was sixteen when she made the movie, and I was right. thirteen. I was watching it. She's, oh, she's in her forties, but yeah, right, okay, much older than us. <laughs> well, I, well, that's, that's, I think forty is much older than us. That's true. <laughs> Doesn't mean they're old. Just no, relative no, to our yeah, experience. just um, older than us. Just that she was sixteen when I was one. So right, yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. Time keeps on ticking. Sexual awakening into the future. Mm. Yeah, it's like, wouldn't it have been funny if I was like, no, it wasn't David Bowie. Was it Jennifer Connelly? No, 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 no. Like that worm. In the yeah, beginning. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the puppets. I'm a furry. Um, I'm a furry. secret. Yeah, I love Ludo and Sir Didymus. Oh, Ludo. It's got to be. Oh, that new movie that just came out, Zootopia. Have you seen, like, everybody that has been watching it? It's like, ooh, I want to be, like, a fur person. Like, oh, you're a furry now. Yeah. You watch Zootopia, That's now you're a furry. The, did you see the sweetest... So in Vancouver, um, I guess a lot of Syrian refugees were being relocated to mm-hmm. live in Vancouver temporarily in a hotel. Mm-hmm. And there was also a furry convention happening at the same hotel. And so all these little <laughs> Syrian children walk into the hotel and these people in their furry costumes are hanging out in the lobby. And I guess the like the furry con people had sent out a message before and like, hey, please be respectful. Keep anything adult, you know, sort of private. And there's no yiffing. Be, yeah. There's no wedding. Be, yiffing. That's when you're fucking your fursuits. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's yiffing. called yiffing. Yeah. Huh? And uh, they were like, just, you so know, be respectful. Learned. And if anyone speaks Arabic, it would be really helpful. Can you, like, to translate things or just, like, let's make people stay very comfortable and cool. Right. And so all these little kids showed up in the hotel lobby with all these, like, live-action stuffed animals and had the party of a lifetime. And there's, Amazing. there's videos of, like, them all dancing in a circle, all being so cute. And the furries were super nice and respectful. And it was just like, oh, Canada. Furries are cool yeah, people. Cool. Yeah. People I thought like was, you and me. I thought it was the Swedish shit. And the kids looked so happy. Nice. They're just like, Canada's great. <laughs> Let's just keep them innocent for a little yeah. while, right? Like, I, the, only, the only issue I have with furries is, like, the poor... 
dry cleaners that get the fursuits brought to them. Like, I have to imagine that they are like, I hate my life and I hate myself. When I danced on stage with the Flaming Lips... Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I they, forgot about this. They often... So, as you do. As you do all the time. We'll get into the story. Stage. Hopefully, we'll have Caitlin Fontana come on this podcast. Ooh, yeah. And it's good. actually her birthday today. Happy birthday, Happy birthday, Caitlin. Oh, it is. It was yeah. in her mouth. All the way in Brooklyn, New York So City. next time... That's my most in... insensitive friend's ex-girlfriend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 We're just naming everything. Just naming the names. There you go, dropping... But Caitlin is wonderful. We had a, a good adventure where we went and see the Red Hot Chili Peppers and we got to be on stage with the Flaming Lips who opened for them. And they their whole thing for a while was they would invite people on stage, dress them in animal costumes, and you could dance on stage with them. So we right. were in the back room trying on these animal costumes and they smelled so bad because it was really hot on stage. Like, I was right. sweating. I had, like, a... I was a mouse and the costume was so long on me that I was like tripping over my own furry feet. I had the helmet on, like the mouse helmet headpiece, and I kept it on for one song and then I just took it off. And so I was just like a tiny head on a giant furry body, <laughs> waving a flashlight and bubbles around. It's still really fun. Oh, yeah. But the insides of those heads smelled really bad. And all we had to do at the end when we were finished with them was just like spray them out with Febreze oh. and you just pass them on to the next right. more unfortunate person. Soul. And. It was at the end of their tour, and I remember Wayne Coyne was just like, "Sorry, guys, it's Sorry been about a this. long tour," and we're like, "Ew." <laughs> was it? Yeah. Well, that makes tons of sense. Though. Yeah. Those lights. I mean, yeah, it's so hot on stage if you're not wearing a furry suit. Yeah. <laughs> but did you? Was it like I? I, I always I always remember that story. I've heard it so many times from you and Noel and Josh. It's and one of Caitlin my best stories. Like, and I remember because like I was invited to go, but I was like, I don't really know Flaming Lips, and I really like the Red Hot Chili Peppers that much. And then, like, you guys all came back, and it was, like, the time of your life. And I was like, fuck, I should have gone. Was it just sourpuss. Did you change up every song? Like, what, would you get a time, like, a lot of time that you'd be on stage with the suit, and then you'd take it off and leave? And then somebody else would put that shoot, suit on? Or no. were you just dancing through the whole show? Through the whole Flaming Lips set. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it was just, like, pick your costume, hang out backstage, and pick your costume, and then get on stage and be up there for the whole set, and then... When you're finished, put your costume back on the rack, spray it with Febreze, go back into the crowd. And we were like, sure. And then we just hid backstage and stayed there right. for the whole Watched time. Right, it from the back. Yeah. yeah. That's, That's awesome. Yeah. This, when you were talking about being like the cool kid, being near the band, I really grapple with that still these days where I'm so used to like being in bands and having access to backstage areas or being in the green room yep. or being able to like not have to wait in line to get in somewhere. I, like, hate being in the audience now. Do you mm. feel that? Where it's like, if I go see a friend's band play, I'm just like, well, I should just be able to walk into the back. This is, like, my space, too. It's like, no, Chris, no. Like, you so don't get to... So your entitlement is grown. I feel like it is. And <laughs> my impatience with, like, I have to wait in line. I don't mind paying for shows like that. Obviously, yeah. I want to support my friends, but it's like, just... Let me in and right. Spectating without special privileges is pretty dull. Yeah, I really (laughs) love being involved in the show. Once you've had them. Oh, yeah, I agree with you. I think, I think in regards to if I can be on stage, then Mm -hmm. yeah, I want to be on stage. But I, I, I kind of, I'm always reinforcing to myself that like I am not special or I'm not like, you know what I mean? Like I'm I'm kind of. (laughs) I'm always just like no, no, like. I'm with the people watching this show. I'm 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 a civilian. Like that is where like I'm just like everybody else. I want to be dancing at the front for my friend's band, for Radiohead, for whoever it is I'm going to go see. I want to be like mm-hmm. 
you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm like you, uh, you were like me, that kind of thing. But it is bloody nice watching, like, I've seen a couple shows from, like, side stage, and it's mm-hmm. like, this is so much better! <laughs> this is way better! Like, you see the things that, like, they turn around and say to each other, well, you know, you just is a completely different show, and you get to watch, like, I remember seeing Macklemore, who I'm not a huge fan, but <laughs> I, I played Squamish Festival a couple years ago, and Macklemore was one of the headliners we watched from the side stage. Mm-hmm. And you get to watch the audience. Yeah. That was the thing. It was like watching 30,000 people, you know, singing Pops and Same Fabs. Love or all that kind of stuff. And it was just like, oh my God, this is the show. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care what they're doing. Like, look at all these people on shoulder tops singing, like, you Aww. know, Aww. gay people, lesbians, everybody just like kissing and like just saying like <laughs> same love. And it was just like, this is, like I cried. Part. I was like, this is amazing. Aww, it was great. Nice. Yeah. So that, that, there's definitely. Wow. Like the vibe was so good that you took Macklemore seriously for a little bit. I did. That's... I do. I do take him seriously though. He's I think... a goof, but I, like, I don't have a problem with him as a person. Yeah. I don't think I have a problem with the dynamics around like race and hip hop and all that kind yeah. of stuff. But it's not really my, it's not my fight. Right. Probably. Right. I don't know. Like mm-hmm. it's not not my it's not my scene is he but is he like when you say that you have a problem with it like do you mean hip-hop in general well just the fact that like like, mainstream music rewards him disproportionately over like other hip-hop musicians like there's Mm. a million people who don't know who like run the jewels are but they're like macklemore's the best rapper (laughs) yeah he's accessible yeah yeah because he's like because he's white and then the academies are like okay this guy's doing rap let's give him best rap album or whatever like so right. he beats out like Kendrick Lamar and totally. all those kind of people but I feel you but I, I, I think the thing that I've learned because I, I, I've noted from like my time of playing and stuff is that like is that I've had people hate or dislike me mm-hmm. for my fans or for like what my listeners are like what hmm. you know like some you know and, can you elaborate get into this That's I'm really interested well because like I, I think yeah I think like I think with the Painted Birds, for instance, because the Painted Birds got a little bit, like, a little bit college rocky, and and it got a little bit, you know, it was not like our fans were affliction or anything, but, like, like we started attracting a certain ilk of people. And that, in turn, people would be like, well, I don't like your fans. Your fans are douchebags, blah, blah, blah. And it kind of started turning into this, like... Were they, like, Dave Matthews fans type? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But like hacking and sacking and they're salmon shorts and... No, but, like, a bit more just, like, I think a bit more just, like, douchey. Like, we just, mm-hmm. you know, you okay. start attracting, like, douchebags. And then all of a sudden, guys. yeah, and then all of a sudden, like, your artist friends or whatever kind of like, well, you're, like, your fans are such douchebags. They don't like your music. Or, like, like that. that's mm. kind of what kind of, like, mm. starts, and it does kind of start to happen. And I've mm. seen that. I've been at shows where it's, like, I don't like this band because I'm I don't like the vibe of everybody around and you can have the opposite effect where you're you know you're at your favorite band you're at a Sigur Ross show or you're at you're wherever the fuck you are hmm. and you start thinking like I just love everybody here and I love this band mm-hmm. you know and and like for Macklemore it's like he didn't give himself a grammy no he just fucking works so hard putting out his own music like him and I think his girlfriend is his, his manager mm. he like he's not he wasn't on a label the longest time he just CD babied it which is like essentially self-releasing all his shit mm-hmm. and he climbed the ladder and, and he's and, and like he busted his ass until he has like number one singles right and yes, it's bullshit that he got. He started on a higher rung than a lot of other people. Yeah, it's bullshit that he he gets Grammys and Easy E and Public Enemy never got or whatever yeah. never got any Grammys. Yes, it's bullshit. But like, I'm not gonna like fault him. It's not for his. It. No, it's definitely yeah. not his fault. I mean, like, if I was hanging out with him, I'd probably be pretty nice. Like, why would I be a dick to Macklemore? What purpose would that yeah. serve? 
I'm generally not a dick to most people. Mm-hmm. So yeah. be like, hey, uh, how are you doing? <laughs> like, I wouldn't yeah. be like, I love your music because I don't. But mm-hmm. yeah, be totally. Like, good, good stuff. Nice work. Yeah. Cool yeah. hairdo. But is it so like there's sort of a weird dynamic where it's like your music gets a little bit more mainstream. Maybe you start attracting wider audiences of more like mainstreamy audiences and then your more yeah. niche artist friends are like, uh Yeah, or whatever, right? Like maybe yeah. let's say let's say you, you start like attracting a lot of like middle aged moms. Mm-hmm. Soccer moms or like your fan base. And then all of a sudden it's kinda like If you're a Josh Groban. Perhaps. Yeah, right? Like yeah. and maybe you're not. Like maybe well, what you you are whatever you are, but then all of a sudden, like Pitchfork won't write about you because you're kind of like a little contemporary, and it's like mm. there's plenty of stuff that that is regarded in this in the same you know esteem that's quite you know like like in like in stylistically, mm-hmm. but just the fact that like you know it became cool for these people, and then all of a sudden it's not cool because their fan base is not cool. Mm. Or whatever it is, you know. I, I find it, I find that very interesting. How like your parishioners can kind of like, you know, name your church or, or like mm-hmm. you know, hmm. whatever whatever you want to like call it. But I, yeah, I've always found that really really interesting. But I I mean I don't really heed I don't really pay heed to like I need these kind of fans. I just yeah try and be inspired, do what I love, and yeah. I kind of joked at the beginning of like, oh, the indie darling Dom Frico, because right. it's like the the local indie radio station fucking adores you. Yeah. You know, you get lots of radio play. You were in lots of like musical competitions and stuff right. like that. Do you feel like that kind of dynamic and being involved with that institution affected your work at all? Do or we want like... to name? Do we want to name the radio station? Like, <laughs> it seems like you're being not oh, if not oh, if we're gonna shit talk them. Oh, it's fine. We've already like <laughs> name checked everybody in this episode. It's just like it's the Peak Radio. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The they're peak. good. I love that station. I always yeah. enjoy listening to it. And they put on like contests to to like get you know money and notoriety and mm-hmm. record and like you go to like awesome workshops and stuff like it's a cool opportunity and I remember all of our friends were going through that grind for a while but do you feel like so I actually wrote down this question here it's like do you feel like you have to have like a certain sound or you have to sound a certain way to sort of get popularity in those in that like in the radio or you have to I don't know is that a boring question um, I just like I wonder if it's affected I think it's hard to answer probably but But I I think you have try anyway you have to (laughs) <laughs> like it's kind of like in university mm-hmm. where you get an, an assignment and they're like, "No, I want a fifteen hundred word essay," and you're like, "But I could write like I could write like I could write my whole thesis on this man," and you do, and they fail you or they give you a really shitty mark, and they're like, "Yeah, but I needed you to write fifteen hundred words mm-hmm. on gender equality in Japanese schools, not a fucking thesis." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. like. I think there's two ways. Is like you kind of have to play the game. You kind of have to like not sound like everybody else, but like you kind of have to like work in their format. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's we were talking about having structure around your creativity. Yeah. It's kind of like an artistic challenge yeah. to be like, oh, can I make my stuff work in this format and exactly. still be true to myself? Which is kind of an exciting yeah. challenge. You can't give them Joanna Newsom when what they want is Katy Perry. Totally. Or whatever. <laughs> like, exactly. Exactly. Know your audience. You always have to know your audience if you're playing for like an you know, a bunch of geriatrics in a house house concert. Like, don't bring the band and rock their faces off, like, mm-hmm. because their faces will just leave. They, yeah. just, they just really want yeah. you to covers of, like, uh, I don't know, Gene Autry? Or <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Smash Mouth? <laughs> Smash Mouth, exactly. <laughs> My parents love So I think, I think it's like you kind of have to just pay attention 
to the rules that, mm. that like the unspoken rules. It's like, well, well, not even unspoken. It's like we're not going to accept a seven-minute song. We don't yeah. want to hear a seven-minute song. We can't. We can't fit it in. Maybe, maybe I'll put it like maybe like the program director will put it in like at three in the morning one Tuesday when he just needs a seven minute slot to fill. I'll find like, the wank Dom's slot song. to fill. Yeah, I was like, I'll just put that song that Dom's been bugging about playing. I'll just play it once and I can say that I played it and fuck off. But like, you know, but then there's then there's also, there's also this sort of like side of art where, you know, like the David Bowies and the Tools and the, and the, and the Radioheads were like, they're not following any rules and they're like, they're like defining cool. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the Arcade Fires where it's like, there's not a chorus in the song, but it's a hit. There's 800 of you up there. Yeah, it's just, but it's just, it just works. So like, yeah, you either have to kind of like play the game, or just know that what you're doing is will be the next thing, and just just do that thing. Just do it, mm. and just be unapologetic about it. Mm. You know, that's a good answer. That's what I think. <laughs> oh, that wasn't a fart, by the way. I was just moving on my seat. <laughs> Sounds like what a fart, what somebody who just farted might say. <laughs> Sounds like You're like uh, trying to recreate the sound to prove it. And it's not working. Yeah, it's not. Oh, it's raw denim. Damn it. <laughs> you and your tight raw denim tight jeans. Tight raw denim. Oh, oh my gosh. Um, I wonder, like, you are a Canadian musician. We're all Canadians here. Do you feel like any sort of particular identification with that? Or is that just, just by virtue of where you live? Like, Or do you feel like you are a Canadian musician? I feel like I am a Canadian musician. I think, yeah, I think as much as anybody else is. I think, I, mm-hmm. I think there's varying degrees on like, I've for the longest time I never really felt a sense of home. Mm-hmm. Like, I could live. I lived in Salmon Arm, and I moved away from Salmon Arm, and then Salmon Arm really wasn't my home anymore. Mm-hmm. And then I'm in Vancouver, and I could move. And but I definitely feel it when I try when I tour and I go other places, and I'm like, well, this definitely isn't my home. Mm-hmm. You know wherever I am I'm like I don't feel at home here right. but I think yeah no I think I am Canadian if that even is a thing yeah I guess what I'm thinking of really is that like you know we have a lot of musicians and well, like musicians and actors and comedians and right. stuff who are from Canada but are not like of Canada in, in some ways do you know what I mean like uh, mm. like I don't th- like, think about Michael Buble and think like oh Michael Buble is hella Canadian like, right. but then if but, you say the tragically hit yeah. well I was listening to the tragically hit today right. I'm like this is the most goddamn Canadian thing I've ever heard in my right. life like yeah. I'm just like wiping my face with a maple leaf like I don't <laughs> it's so like uh, the walls hung with pictures of our parents prime ministers or like let's go to Bob Cajun or so. like they're right. just they name drop all of these super Canadian things but like I, I don't even know what I'm getting at really but there's like this certain like sense of like metric feels like a very Canadian band to me but I don't know huh. if everybody else feels that way about mm. them but I don't know well, it's almost like when you say buble, that makes like I like you say tragically hip, and you say buble. I think of like bare naked ladies, mm, and yeah. it's like they're about they're as Canadian band, about like, as Canadian. Yeah, as it gets, you yeah. can't get much more Canadian than that. And I think like with things like buble or like Nelly Furtado, I love the way you say buble. Buble, <laughs> you're really emphasizing the. Buble. Or like like you know you like buble. <laughs> I, 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 buble. To make a like make a I, I I really think that buble and, and and Bieber should do some kind of like collaboration. So, yeah, the, bo- the the boobs Boobler. and the babes. <laughs> Just. <laughs> but um, but like Justin Boobler. <laughs> You know, it's almost like they, they like, the like, <laughs> brand wise, they kind of deny they're can like they're they're trying to they're not yeah they're whitewashed in their in their like yeah. branding to be like we're 
beige. We're beige, you know what I mean? Whereas, like, I don't think I'm like, I am Canadian, Mm -hmm. and that is part of who I am. Right. You know, yeah, I do. Like, I'm not, a, I'm not a tragically hip. I'm not no. a bare naked ladies, because no. like, I'm, I feel like I'm a bit too, like, I hold a Swiss passport. I, my parents are both immigrants. Like, I'm a first generation Canadian. Mm. And I love Canada. I, right. I, you know, I was, I walk down the street every day thinking, well, like, <laughs> fuck, I'm so, like, I'm so lucky to be Canadian. <laughs> like, this is great, <laughs> especially in if like to be American right now. Yeah, but like. Um, yeah, things are going really well for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was it for a while? Yeah, no, right? Yeah. But now the tables have but turned. But now the tables have turned. Yeah, exactly. They're getting their. Now own we've little... got a fuckable prime minister. Yeah, we got a fuckable <laughs> prime minister, and they're getting their dose of Stephen Harper isms. But yeah. um, a demagogue it's... with bad hair. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Mm-hmm. But. Ugh. Yeah, but I, but I definitely, I definitely feel proud to be like. I mean, I feel proud to be Canadian mm. and. Um. Yeah, it's funny because it comes up with like, like you spell the way you spell things. Like, yeah. like we have my one of our bands has a song it. called "Favorite Mistake," and it's like, well, how are we gonna spell favorite? <laughs> with a U. And then, like we like talking about the fact like, we're fucking Canadian. It's with a U. <laughs> we all like wrote it down. We're all like, I think we all agreed on F O F A V O R I T E, and we looked at it. and We were just like, I don't like it. Looks wrong. No, feels no, bad. Feels no. Bad. It needs a U in there. I don't know why, but it needs a U. <laughs> You gotta round out those vowels. Yeah, favorite. Bublé. Bublé. Michael Bublé. Robert Goulet. I don't know I don't know how I was saying it now. Was that was I just Bublé. 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 I don't even know. It's it's so because he I never even think about him being Canadian, but I used to live like near Kensington in North Burnaby, and every single store in that neighborhood, like every the Chinese restaurant, the laundromat, the fucking dry cleaner, everything just has an eight by ten of Michael Bublé that wow. sign. It's like my favorite laundromat. Like yeah, <laughs> sure, Bublé. Yeah, I'm sure you did laundry here at the public laundromat. <laughs> sure, boobs. Sure, <laughs> the boobs. boobs. The boobs. We love them. Beebs and the boobs. boobs. The beebs and the boobs. The boobs and the beebs. <laughs> That would be a really cute name for their boobs tour, the and Boobs Yeah, and exactly, right? But like for Boobs and Beebs and Boobs and Beebs. But like something cute where they're just like, they call it like like the birds and the bees kind of thing. And yeah. The boobs and the like, bees and the flowers and the trees and yeah. the moon up above. <laughs> and a thing called love. I think that would be sweet, actually. Very sweet. Yeah. Would be, who would be the audience? Like what the fuck is the Venn diagram for them, I wonder? Uh, the people who like Justin Bieber and their moms. And you do it on Mother's Day. You know what? That's a great idea. In the springtime. Wow, you are firing hot on ideas lately. I'm feeling like, good. Although, like, although I had a friend, like, because Bieber was here last last weekend. I don't mm. know if this came up in your last podcast. But Wait, I just, can't say that I really follow. on our radar. I can't say that I follow. <laughs> the thing is, if Anyways. I met a woman who looked like Justin Bieber, I would be oh on her God. like white on rice. Yes. But a guy that looks like Justin Bieber, I'm like, no thanks. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, just yeah. bring me a little lesbian that looks like Justin. So basically, mm. bring me Kate McKinnon doing Justin Bieber on SNL, so and that's my whole so life right oh, there. Yeah, yeah. Really, Into it. Yeah, she's pretty cute. Into yeah. it. But like, I think, I think the, I think, I like Bieber used to be about the fourteen to seventeen year old females. You know, sure. like there were eleven females. Females, but I think yeah, like he, like it was like ten to seventeen year old sure. girls, right? Yeah. But like now, with his last record, like it's so funny because like everybody's coming out with their like. I actually I secretly like him. Lately. That's that story song's pretty fucking good. It's like, great, It's right? a fun tune. I haven't listened Skrillex, to it at baby. all, but people really in my office loved it. We were like playing it in the outreach van, like all kinds of stuff. It's a great record. Yeah, I like good pop. Like <laughs> yeah, fun pop is fun. I struggle sometimes mm. where I'm writing songs and they fall into like pop chord progressions, and I'm just like, no, it's too poppy. This is bull-. and then um. I'm like. But these are good. 
and like yeah. put a G seven diminished in. I don't know but what like, chords are. But like the <laughs> the, the pop okay. gr- the pop progression <laughs> is like it's fucking solid. And like yeah. a lot of the pop songs are like this is so good. It lifts my heart. That like right. is yeah. it like six five three one or what is that chord progression? The Packer like Bells. The, yeah, the the canon. Six five three one. I don't know. I don't. Again, I don't know music. It's just like four chords and it's so good. Yeah. There's that Australian band Axis of Awesome that does the four chord song. They just yeah. put all of the right. songs that use yeah. that exact chord yeah. progression totally. together. It's good. It's a classic. And, like, I'm like, I like every single one of those songs. I'm manipulatable very much yeah. so mm-hmm. when, it, when it comes to that. And I think like there is a thing like around neuroscience and music, right, where it's like our, our brains carve these pathways and if we hear the same chord progression over and over, that's going to be the most relatable and the most accessible. Uh. Then you hear something new, like Tchaikovsky's Rite of Spring, it made people fucking riot because they were like, oh, I hate this, this is terrible, I don't understand, it makes me ragey. Because it's just like the dissonance yeah. fucked people up because they'd never heard it before. Right. And that's the same with hearing something like, oh, I don't like that new Radiohead album. I say that about every single one, and then it grows on me after totally. I do it three times, and I'm like, it's my favorite record. Right. Every time I think they've lost me, and then I'm like, this is the best one. Right, no, oh, you're totally, so yeah, you're totally right. Yeah, familiarity is the, uh, I don't know. Mother of... Good ah, times. Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to say familiarity breeds contempt, but that's the opposite. That's the opposite of what familiarity I wanted. breeds contentment. Yeah, I don't know. Just people that's respond it. to it right away, mm-hmm. and so then it's like I've really I've had to let that go in terms of like you know I'm putting my own words and my own story over this totally. chord progression. A good song is a good song. You don't have to be the Joanna Newsom. Well, whatever. I think too is oh, but she's like so good, when she you feel good. like you know when you feel the flow of creativity, mm-hmm. like to all of a sudden be like, where's my, I need to put a G7 diminished. diminished. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like it's kind of just like putting a roadblock, mm-hmm. like just like being like poof, wall in front of what you're doing and be like, oh, and, it, uh, and then you stop. But like, if you're just going one, four, one, four, one, five, one, or whatever it is, yeah. like, and it feels right, like, do it. Just do it. Like it, it's speaking to your your soul and your being and your heart and everything. Like you're supposed to be following that. Mm-hmm. Like we don't have room for pretension right now. With that, you know what I mean. Pretentious. It's quite right a now. small room and it's very warm. Yeah. So. You know what I mean. Like I, I think, and I think that's the big difference of me at 32 to me at like 1920. Is mm-hmm. like 1920. I held this like. Mm. Is that cool? I don't know. Is that mm-hmm. that's too mm, that's too much? That's too pop. That's too much. Oh, we're singing. I don't want to sing about love. I don't want to do anything like the mainstream is doing. And now I'm kind of like, well, what other song is there to write? Yeah, well, <laughs> but what about love? <laughs> what about? But like, yeah. But I think it's just kind of like if you if it's if it's flowing through you, just let it flow, and that's what feels good. Mm-hmm. If it feels good, do it, even if you shouldn't. We open for Sloan. Did I, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I feel like this is only a guy. Just wanted to put that right back in there. Didn't I mention that? Did I mention they that? Were, did we open for Sloan? We, opened we for did Sloan, for at, at like this big festival, right? And then it's There's, like, I was hoping that we would get to meet them. And we hung out backstage like all day and it was like raining. Big, like it was a UBC, like right. you know, frosh week, whatever. Sloan fucking walks off their tour bus onto stage, plays a set, walks right back onto their tour bus. They didn't say a word to anybody oh, else. Really? I was like, wow. Well, that's just, cool, <laughs> but like also I'm like, hey. Who did we meet that day though? We we also played. I don't with, remember like, anything else from that lifter, show. And I feel like oh, we yeah, played with. Do we play with Ryan? Ryan Ryan, Ryan Dahl Ryan is Dahl. in the Mounties he's now. He's very nice. He seems like a sweetie pie. <laughs> I don't You're know. like I he's a really, dick. No, I, I don't know. He ate my beans. I haven't. I have, <laughs> <laughs> he ate my fucking lima beans. 
did you do? I notice Ryan. <laughs> call a possibly work you, me and Ryan. get him to yell at you. Yeah. Oh god. I love the um, Mounties. Oh my god. They're fun. So much. But uh well, I feel like I feel like my wide mouth Mason was also in that bill, were they? I don't think so. They must have been. I think Mark, th- oh, Mark would have um, freaked out about that. Yeah, no, it was um that band, Pilot was on. Yeah, oh, that I, love, I love it. Dom's touching me right now. <laughs> Pilot, Pilot was on the same bill. Who's Pilot? Pilot? Like P I L A T E. Yeah, As and now and then they changed. Yeah, and then they changed to Pilot Speed, and they spelled it like P I L O T Speed. Hmm. Wow, they just want to fuck you up, I guess. Hmm. But they they had they were big in like when we were in like second university. But they had a song that was like it sounded like High and Dry. Hmm. Like it was like. This sounds like a Canadian version of High and Dry. Don't leave me pie. Yeah. Don't leave me <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, basically. That was basically it. Yeah. But they were in it. And I remember, yeah, that's why we met We met them. Right. I just remember feeling so cool to be like, we opened for them. It's like we were on at three and everyone else was on at yeah. ten. <laughs> yeah, and it was raining. and. But the fans the fans were there. It's we exciting when you get to. You get to I, had, I had my Tori Amos hair at that time. That was really Ooh. fun. It was like super long and I hennaed it. So it was like bright orange. And I would like I remember shake you it in your hair. Yeah. You're like grating the henna into like a bucket to <laughs> make your hair like and then slightly I'd like, red. And then I'd like twist it all into like mud dreadlocks and sit oh on the uh, sit on the porch. Or I'd do it down at Wreck Beach. Okay. So I would take my henna paste to Wreck Beach, get totally nude, put the henna in my hair, twist it all up into like a big pile on top of my head and just sit there and like suntan. Because apparently if like the sun is hitting you on the henna, it, like, bakes the clay onto you, and it, like, enhances the color, and then I, like, wash the henna out in the ocean. In the ocean. Oh, in the ocean. Isn't that so fucking insufferable? It's pure, man. It's pure. You know what I dreamed? <laughs> I found I found a drawing. We were talking about rave books uh, the other day right. Right? Yeah, yeah. on another episode, and what I planned for when I went to Burning Man, which turned out mm. to be terrible... Because it's Burning Man. I wanted to get... This is, like, me being, like, a young white girl that, like, didn't know any better. I was like, I'm going to get four dreadlock extensions, like the way that, like, you know, ravers you put in your weird synthetic dreadlocks, Mm -hmm. and they'll hang down my back, and I'll wear no top, and I have a cello tattoo on my back, and I'm like, the dreadlocks will be like the strings, and I'll like walk around. Isn't that so gross? I love that you're telling us this, though. (laughs) Yeah, when was this? That was like 2006. Okay, okay. That's That's like 10 years ago. I thought, thought, like, because I know a lot, most of my friends have gone to, like, Burning Man in the last four years. Oh, yeah, no, I haven't gone. I only went the one time. But I thought that would be, like, the fucking yeah. hottest thing to be, like, mm, with my either, like, backless don't, shirt or just no shirt and then just my dreadlocks hanging down the back. Don't give up hope. Just don't. don't what I want to do is design die. a dress that has a piece of jewelry that actually has four strands of really thin filamenty silver that oh, okay. hangs down the back. That'd be cool. Of that a backless sounds dress. Really that sounds really good. sexy. Yeah. Fucking dreadlocks, like, Oof. yeah, that besides would be being me. disgusting, look problematic, and whatever, it just also looks so bad. <laughs> yeah, white people dreadlocks never look good. Black people yeah. dreadlocks almost always look good. Oh, but yeah. yeah, no, too many white people with dreads. Ugh. Bad times, bad times. So we're <laughs> <laughs> moving on. That was um, a lot of an overshare. I just remembered that. I was just like, oh, that's so it. sexy. I love that overshare. It was yeah. really good. I like yeah. I like it when somebody tells like a story bashfully. They're like, I hate myself for this, but mm-hmm. let's just put it out there. That's like my favorite story because mm-hmm. it's just it's it's an equalizer. We're like mm-hmm. we're all garbage, mm-hmm. but we're all beautiful garbage. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I would have had a fun time if I had really dug into that look, but then I gained some self awareness. <laughs> right. Just probably for the best. 
I was thinking, because uh, we're, we're kind of coming to the end of our time yeah. here. We, yeah. we want to finish off with like some superlatives, maybe? Like, what are like some weird mean? tour stories? Like, what's the weirdest thing someone said to you on tour? Like, given you something? Yeah. Or, like, have you ever had a creepy fan experience or my, something? My question that I wanted to lead with was, Dom, what's it like being handsome and charming and talented? Uh. Like, <laughs> do, do fans See, if you would open up with that, you? I don't know. I don't. But now, at this point, you've... you've this is greased, it. You've greased, greased your wheels. Greased the, yeah, this is. But this when you ask that question, I really want to like come through with like a great tour story or something. Like, what was it that was? What's the weirdest thing? Yeah, I, like you me? gave us a, a pretty good one already with your Olympia story. And, yeah, and old uh, like the General Lee or whatever this guy's name was. Right. Yeah, this. General Lee's a good name for him. Yeah, that's what I'm going to call him that to go from with now on. Perfect. Thank you. But yeah, like <laughs> like a weird experience or just like something that was just so like holy fuck, what the hell was that? Like, because I, I, like I said, I did not tour much, but in two tours, I had like 50 of those experiences. Right. Yeah. Right, or just right, like, right, right, right. yeah, shit that came up after the show, people come up to you and are just like, because people can get very familiar with you if they like oh. listen to your music and they like feel like they already know you. And that, that that's a weird experience having somebody come up to you with that, I think. Yeah. I mean, like, Basically, like, the freshest one I have, I probably shouldn't be telling you a story, because, like, I was, like, I was, like, you know when you get, like, angry, and you just, you're, you, I was, like, furious to the point at which, like, I couldn't do anything but, like, be angry, you know what I mean? Like, I was just, like, I, like, every conversation I had was kind of just, like, tainted with this, just, like, I'm lit up a bit right now, but I don't even, like, like, when I think back, I was, like, I was kind of... You know, I play shows and it's 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 this huge adrenaline rush. Yeah. Like if I was gonna like get in like a really good fight and just kick the shit out of somebody, like right after, after a, a show. show, I would destroy. Oh them. my god, I can't fall asleep for hours. Like if I play yeah. until two in the morning and then I come home, I'm up until six. Yeah. Just trying to wind down, just from like a simple show, like yeah. at the whatever. And like, that's why people. That's why people claim like the drugs and music are quite related. Is a lot of people just doing down like mm-hmm. or downers. After shows, because they're just like, well, I need to, I need to go be moving. Where's in my five bucket hours. of benzos? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like I need to be moving in five hours to my next gig. That's eight hours away. I need sleep. I need to go down. Mm-hmm. So, but like, I played this show last weekend, and this, this is like, this is like, such a typical occurrence for me. Like okay. this, this encounter with this woman. So I'm, I'm, I go over the headliners finished, and I've just, just like. We're we're all done, so I I move towards the merch table. Maybe somebody wants to sign. Maybe somebody wants to talk or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I go to the merch table, and there's like these two women, and they're like picking up my CDs. And I'm like, oh, I don't like say hi to them or whatever. She's like, which CD should I get? Which CD should I get? And I was like, oh, um, I don't know. Get the new one. It's like it's like longer. I don't know. <laughs> like I just like point at one. Like just do it confidently, right? Like get that one. That's my favorite. She's like, does this have the Af- does this have the Africa song on it? And I'm like, uh, what? What? Yeah, I'm like, I, are you Toto? She yeah, I'm like, like I'm like, I don't, I, I'm sorry, but I don't really know what you're talking about. She's like, well, the song that says like this and like help is needed and blah blah. blah. Oh, okay, like. It's actually a song kind of more about the Middle East, but um, like I don't say this. Yeah, the Middle East is. There's gonna Africa. be a lot. There's gonna be a lot of things that were just like my inner dialogue, mm-hmm. my inner monologue sure. that, I, that I that I will say now that I didn't actually say to her. Just just do your own filtering. Sure. And and so anyway, she's like, and I'm like, well, that's a new song. It's not. I'm going into the studio next week to record these songs, and that'll be on my next album. But you know, it's not oh. 
oh, like throws it down. Like, I want the, you need to record the Africa song. I'm like, I'm recording the Africa wow. song. Jesus. So the conversation goes on and like, it just became one of those, those conversations where like, I really, I, I feel like there's a really great way. Somebody should do a tutorial or something on how to tell people to fuck off in a really kind way. Like just to be like, I feel like I could probably yeah, teach like a teach, six like, disc set about there's this. Like, <laughs> there's like, there's got to be like so many beautiful ways that you can send people on their merry way, and they'll feel, you know, like 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 they're really connected with you, and that you didn't tell them to f off. But really, like really, I needed to send her, send them on their merry way, and talk to my other people who want were buying CDs and wanted me to sign them or who whatever. Weren't making you furious? Yeah, weren't making me furious, and and she's just like, I tell it like I'm going to Africa. And and it would be such a good theme song for my trip. Like I'm going to work, blah blah blah. And I'm like I'm like yeah. I mean like when I get it recorded, like I'll you know, like it's not. I'm I'm sorry, it's not ready. And she's already like 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 I've already lost this sale or whatever. And she's just like I'm. She's like I'm a teacher, and you should totally come out and play at my school out out in Surrey. And like it'd be such like it'd be such good exposure. No, that's my fucking, my landlord does not take exposure for rent money. (laughs) I know. And I'm just like, and I'm just like, you know, it basically gets into like a fiscal debate and, and, and you know, like, and I'm, and and I kind of like made some off, off color joke about, how like yeah for the right price I'll totally come and play for your school. It's like no, I you like you got to give back and like like you like oh. it's good exposure and blah 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 blah. And I'm like honey, people sell me like, try and sell me an exposure like every fucking twenty minutes. Like get out of my face. Yikes! I don't swear at her, but I'm like honey, I've heard the whole exposure <laughs> debate. Honey. Yeah, honey. and I'm like she's like well you got to give back and I'm meeting, like you just put down my CD. Like you gotta give, yeah, you gotta give back. Like I, I do slap her in the shoulder. I'm like, you gotta give back. Sorry, that's too. Sorry, but I did slap her like that. So, but I was just like, and we had this this long, like drawn out conversation about like, and I wanted to educate them on like how I don't make much money doing what I do. I'm not famous. I didn't make enough money tonight to pay for my gas and rental. Like Mm -hmm. this is a sideshow. You put down my CD. And I like I didn't even make ten dollars there. Like so, you were kind of upset about that. I was. I'm like like talking about it. I'm yelling again. <laughs> like I was really like lit up by this. And and but yeah. like but my problem was that is I really wanted to like hammer it home to them that they didn't get it. Yeah. And that it, like like it's all I wanted was gas money. I was like just give me like just make it so that like I can get out to Surrey with my stuff, play the song for your kids. Like but like. But, like, there was this idea mm-hmm. that because I'd written a song that was kind of socially aware and that was kind of about, you know, helping out people yeah. that are less fortunate than you, then I had that I was obligated to give it away. Mm. And I was obligated to, like, give it back. And I was just, I was really, really miffed by this whole conversation. <laughs> and it was Did like. you think you're Bob Geldof or something? Like, you're going to go sing your Africa song to the yeah, students? Yeah, like, maybe, yeah. But at the same time, I just wanted to be like, you're, you're like, you're, you're eight to 13 year olds probably aren't going to fucking like me. Like, <laughs> like I want to say, it's like, yeah, it's great. You're not exposure. Macklemore. It's like, it's like you're sending me to an old folks home and being like, play the electric set. People have the exposure. There's like 200 old people. It's like, yeah, they're not going to get it and they're not going to like it. Mm-hmm. Maybe one person is, but that's not like, 
That's not exposure, honey. No. Anyways, <laughs> I was pretty upset. And, like, and you're definitely meeting her condescension with condescension. Just like... Yeah, no, totally. Honey. And, uh, honey. What can you do, though? Like, when yeah. you're already tired, like, you give... Oh, you, God. You yeah. left it all on stage. Right? Yeah. Like, that's so... Yeah, that, 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 that sense of, like, entitlement to you is a weird thing, I mm-hmm. think, that comes in any kind of, like, performance. I don't know if that's true for every... Uh, you know, type of performance. It, it, it like, appears. It mm-hmm. appears quite a bit. Yeah. I had a weird ex- experience because I just played at our union, put on an art show for a lot of our staff members, yeah. and I performed my original material for like the first time, kind of ever, mm-hmm. and it felt really cool and whatever. And a lot of people really liked it, and it was really fun. And then a dude came up to me afterwards to be like, "You know what you should really do? Oh God, is you should record that. I think it would be amazing on an album." I was like, "Gee." Never fucking considered that. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. I should... Oh, thank you for believing in me. Like, I was just like, yeah, I'm gonna. (laughs) What's what's recording? What's recording? (laughs) Do you have the wax cylinder machine? Yeah. Horse drum buggy? It was just like, no, (laughs) you you don't need to... No, you don't need to tell me what to do. <laughs> I'm I'm a thir- I'm a 38 year old man. I want to go up and tell a woman how to do things. <laughs> like yeah, it, that's she really needs my guidance on this. It really was that. You know what you really should do is record it. I'm like, like it really sounds like he's gonna lay down something that's like really helpful. It's like you know what you really need to do is like I have an uncle and he does this thing like on the internet. And it's you know like what I weird, even like, fucking hate that. Yeah, though, too, but at like, least that's semi helpful. Yeah, totally, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> you just don't really want people to tell you what to do ever oh me yeah oh yeah never (laughs) i think you really in those situations that you really have to like just sort of like take a step back and realize that they really like the lady she was really trying to help me they're showing their enthusiasm in a way that they know how we have this experience of how the industry or whatever or how our own stuff works we don't need the advice but i guess you could yeah just be like Okay, thanks. Bye. Yeah, I yeah, got... exactly. And not be like, do you know what condescending means? I got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, actually. Do you know what I condescending have... is? Yeah. I have kind of a weird... Katie, dis- Susie. Katie, Susie. Trivia. Trivia. Katie, Katie, Katie Susie, Susie, trivia. That's my trips. name. I had a really... <laughs> trips. Katie, trips. I had a really weird experience <laughs> like that recently. Like, I, start, I started doing comedy, like, in the last year or so. And, like, I posted a set on, on Facebook and it got, it got a lot of really good response. And then, like, a few days later, I got a message from somebody who I adore, who is a lovely person, but the message that I got was like, um, just so you know, so I'm going to preface this with saying that I have very lofty, like, comedic tastes. I only like right, British comedies, and I'm like a very hard person to make laugh. So it's like, I must have laughed out loud at least three times during your eight minute set. So I'm like, what do you want me to say to that? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, thank you. That's very nice. But it's also like, why did you have to make that so much about you and how, like, you're such a discerning critic and that I barely met your standards and that I should be so proud of that? Like, I should do fucking cartwheels. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's Which people like, people want to set up the, like, well, if you're getting praise from me, it really yeah. means something. But it's like, just be nice. Yeah. Like, just be nice without cou- couching it that way. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, yeah, no, exactly. They, they, I know they brought their own ego thing. into I, it. Exactly. Yeah. And I know it's a sincerity totally. thing, and I know that they're just trying to really drive home the point, like, hey, I really like it. Exactly. This isn't me saying it just because I laughed because my I ass off at your Yeah, and your it's comedy. not just Thank because you. I'm yeah, your yeah. friend or whatever. But. I, did, I did laugh my ass off, but, like, that's what yeah, they're yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I laughed my ass off your comedy, but, like, yeah, they're, they're hammering their ego home for mm-hmm. some yeah, reason. Yeah, that whole, like, just so you know, I am a very, I'm a very busy and important person, and yeah. my thoughts on this are extra important, and mm-hmm. much more so than the people you're even closer to, because they're going to just lie to you, but I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm totally. like, 
Okay. It's unnecessary. Well, I think, so, yeah. I, but you know what? I'm hungry for praise, so I'll take whatever I can get. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like, I hate this, but I was like, mmm, rub it all over my. I thought, I thought I watched it. I thought you were, I, I was so, like, comfortable. I, I was taking a dump. I was watching it on my phone. I was like, I was like, oh, oh. I, I was just like serving my phone. And then I was like, oh, seven minutes. I'll, I'll watch. That's great. And I, it's a great and amount just, of time to take it down. And it was, it was just like, just laugh it on out. It was, yeah. I just laughed it out. You know. I'm so glad. No, I, I actually, I actually, I almost wrote a message because, like, you know, I, I watched it, and then I'm like, you know, you like sit on the toilet too long, and you get up, and your legs are numb, and you're like, oh god, oh. <laughs> No, oh, I don't know what that's like. Oh, you fall over. And, you know, that that's what happened to me. And I almost, like, commented and then wrote, like, more about, like, actually, this is what just happened to me. But Because that's I what she, happened in I her think, set with the pussy numb pussy thing. Numb, right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That was, that was exactly it. So I was like, oh, I tried so hard pole. to not say pussy during that joke. And now I'm like, pussy, 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 pussy. Sorry, Mom. I know. She's not listening to this. She hates me. I... <laughs> I just started watching like the Nikki Glaser show and she just says pussy all the time oh, and yeah? now I'm like normally I hate it but I'm like it's normalized in my vocabulary for it's okay. today. Yeah. I'm not anyway, so bothered. Whatever. Not buffered. But I, I think that's the thing though. Is Jesus that Christ. The, one of the hardest parts about being a, an artist besides from the fact that like nobody really pays you for what you do <laughs> and, and it's just like this ongoing battle is that you're always just like putting these things up and like oh here's a piece of my heart and soul. And like they're like doormats that you just like lay out that people can come like and like like lift up to the heavens or just like stomp all over and and like I think that was one thing that I realized like when I remember I, I thought about a lot with Spark the Screams when we were in the band was that like everybody always had to like talk about whether it was good or bad, you know what I mean like or like when they when people like talk about it, like it's it's always good or bad, like a crit a critic is always gonna shit on it or love it mm -hmm. and I'm always like why is it why is it just those two extremes? And why is it even good or bad? Like, maybe I'm not even trying to be good or bad. Maybe I'm trying to touch you. Maybe I'm trying to make you think. Maybe I'm trying to excite you or whatever that is. Like, whatever, like, experience we're trying to, you know, make happen, manifest within us in this, you know, environment. Like, why does it have to be good or bad? There are so many other options, but, like, everybody's just like, I, I like that song. I didn't like the rest. I only like this or like whatever and you're like why does it have to be good or bad I don't okay yeah but that's it right it's like you're 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 an artist you're a comedian you're a songwriter I'm a songwriter we're gonna put our stuff out there and that, that's that's our reality now everybody's gonna tell us if it's good or bad yeah yeah <laughs> you throw it out there and then they bat it back and yeah. it's like oh I don't know I don't want this I don't yeah. want this at yeah. all yeah. I think a theme that's been coming up a lot and also in the like the books that I've been reading and stuff too or it's just like you just kind of have to and you've said it already like four times in this podcast just do the thing yeah and I think that's kind of become the theme of the show just almost, do it just, where just it's do like, the thing because, you guys are doing the thing because you're gonna get all kinds of weird feedback and if that drives you mm -hmm. it will drive you fucking cuckoo yeah. oh yeah exactly so like you that's just have to put it out there and just deal with whatever the feedback totally. that you get is and keep doing it anyway yeah and I find sometimes like the more negative feedback like when I'm booking shows or trying to go after publicity like the more no's I get the more I'm like Fuck you! I'm gonna do this thing. You don't think I can? Well, I'm gonna show you. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? like, I'll book myself next door, and it, I'll draw a huge crowd. Yeah. that I'll draw people from your. And I'll draw a dick my... on your van. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spite, spite is not the most clean burning fuel that you can really access in terms of why you should do it, but it's cheap and it's accessible. And yeah, it's kind and when of, you need to go real fast, real quick. Yeah, it's, uh, sometimes spite's a good just motivator. Put, put spite in your engine. Yeah. Put spite found, in your pipe and smoke I found, it. I found recently that, like, you know, like a good place for to just to get, like, really upset is like social media like somebody oh really something. yeah like somebody posts something really infuriating or just like really close-minded or whatever it is racist and and i found that like one of my what as opposed to like giving this person a piece of my mind like in the comments section i'm just like no i'm gonna go right you know like <laughs> that like as opposed to just like fueling like just like putting it all into like I'm gonna argue with you and you're wrong or whatever that is they're just just screaming at a wall right yeah Yeah. exactly be the wall yeah not gonna they're not gonna really hear you probably yeah so why not generate something kind of beautiful out of that exactly transmogrify your feelings transmogrification yeah get yourself a cardboard box write something on the side crawl into it and just scream and then a song's gonna come out (laughs) yeah like a like a spark Calvin that just, style. A just spark that spark. just screams. Spark that screams. Like a lover who mm. something something tongue to your chest something something. Isn't what that? It? It's a neutral milk hotel lyric. Oh, probably. Yeah, I can't believe I forgot. Josh McNorton's gonna kill me. We need next to take time a position on the milk hotel. Is he listening to this podcast? I don't know. I doubt it. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> doubt it. It's too sensitive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, he probably doesn't. I don't know. We just released the first episode. I can't imagine that he would think anything other than like, (laughs) just throw it away. (laughs) Joshua Nern's very supportive of me and my He likes you. I love you, Josh. You're very nice to me. Josh McNorton knows all my secrets. Not even you know all my secrets. Josh McNorton knows all of my secrets. He could. I know secrets that Josh McNorton doesn't know, though. I don't think you do. Has he been spending a lot of time with you in the last five years? No. But I tell him lots of stuff. Oh, do you? You just tell your secrets. How do you keep up with them telegram. Oh, we send emails. Oh, nice. nice. So I guess Google well, and now NSA I'm, knows now all my secrets. He's my nemesis and I have to kill him. Uh, <laughs> and all the secrets are going to come out of him and go into me. And I think that's how it works. <laughs> you just have to eat his soul. <laughs> yep. I'm coming for you, McNorton. I'm coming to the UK in September Watch and I'm going to yeah. suck your soul. <laughs> I'm glad you said soul. I'm so mad. I'm going to suck your dick. I'm going to suck your soul. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a good place to end it? Yeah. I think so. <laughs> shit talking Josh McNorton. I think so. I think so. It's oh. not sincere. I don't even know you. <laughs> yeah. Uh.